on the seventh episode of Pixel Gaiden. Ten. We have Christmas goodies to discuss. Nine. Cody gets to play with the show's new toy. Cody and Eric discuss Sparkster. Eric does a full breakdown of the PlayStation Mini. Cody's thoughts on old versus new game design. We discuss six good modern C64 titles. We get to hear Cody beatbox. We announce the high school competition winner. We produce our second shortest episode ever. Another visitor. Stay a while. Stay forever. Welcome to Pixel Gaiden! Introducing your host, Eric Nelson and Cody Hoffman! Well, Happy New Year, everybody. It is January. We are swimming in Christmas goodies at this point. At least I did pretty well. How do you do, Eric? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We have a lot to talk about. Not quite as much as last time. And I think we'll be able to get through it a little quicker this time. Uh, we are going to have a, set a record this time and have our first episode be shorter than the last. That is my <laughs> New Year's resolution. Well, do, you, do you do resolutions? I, I No, I'm not generally I don't. No. no. <laughs> my pastor put it well. He said, no one wants to do resolutions because it's just an opportunity to fail. Right. But we're going to not fail you, friendly listeners. All right. Well, just like we did last time, we're going to start right off the bat with some video game-related questions. Quick questions! So the question I had for you was, not consoles, but what was your first computer game that you remember playing, whether and wherever it was, at school, at a friend's house, at home? Computer Specifically... Game. Computer game. Yep. What an old school question. Yeah. <laughs> mine. So mine predates a console, but I want to before I say anything, I want to hear what you say. But I, I, I didn't see a console probably for years after the first really? computer okay. game played. Yeah. Well, that's again before my time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to have to say, I honestly didn't touch a computer before the one we got as a family. I didn't even know what it was. It was brand new, and it was the Macintosh Plus. Great. We still have it, still in the family. Good. And uh, we had a few games on there. Well, the first, if you want to call it game that I remember, is my mom showed me back then, because she thought it was hilarious, and so did I, that if you took a file and dragged it into the trash can, the trash can would get fat. Yeah. So I remember my that. if you want to call it my first game, it was dragging a bunch of files that were actually very important files into the <laughs> trash can to make it go fat. All right. Which uh, became an issue very quick. And my yeah. mom had to like call support and get like system files out of the trash. Yeah. But, <laughs> I was just going to say, if you drag the wrong folders in there, you're really hosed. But yep. Yep. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what the first one is, but I'm going to say uh, the first one I recall. I'm going to call it a tie. I'll drop two here. But uh, there is a game called Glider. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Was it Glider? I actually think, yeah, on the Mac. Yeah. So it was in black and white. The Mac, which is mm -hmm. funny because looking back, I was like, why didn't we get one of those really cool, powerful, colorful gaming ones, right? Right. But realistically, the Mac Tosh was higher resolution and more powerful. It was just black and white, which to my young eyes seemed older. Yeah. It's funny that those old Macs had the same processor as the Amiga. It's usually oh. they're 68,000, yeah, 68,020. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So anyways, I, I'd say my first game um, 
with Glider. And yeah, it was a game where you literally started, I think there was like 100 levels, and you were a paper airplane, and you kind of came in on the top left of your screen. Yep. And you just kind of had to dodge uh, various uh, traps and things throughout the room, like there might be a fan, so you got to go backwards and kind of slowly sink as you're as you're floating down and then go forward, lean forward again to go under the fan. And then you'd get to a point where there'd be a cat on a table. So you had to make sure you go under the cat. Otherwise it'd swipe at you. And now you're almost hitting the floor. So you'd have to get near an air vent and that would lift you back up. See, I remember. So now that you mentioned the fans and the vents, yep. That was one of the first games I put on the Mac classic that I got maybe like three years ago. It was was the first Mac classic I ever had. And I actually, it was one of the first games I installed on it. Yeah. And it was glider. So I'm going to yeah. say it was Glider. There's another one, um, but I'm not going to go into all the details, but um, uh, it was called uh, Mean 18 Golf, I think. Mm. It was a golf game. I actually played the, a lot of that too, but that was one of those things when you're a kid, you'll play whatever you have because you've only got three games. So so that was well after probably a console game then. You bought, You mean it was... Yes, it was after. Not okay. well after, but yeah, it was after. How about you? So for that question, it was... I don't remember the exact game either, but I think it was Hunt the Wumpus on like an Apple II. <laughs> so, because we had a first computer lab was the first time I ever touched a computer. It was in seventh grade. And, oh, little uh, Eric, always hunting them Wumpuses. Yeah, but I think it was Hunt the Wumpus or it might have even been Oregon Trail. That one, I believe. Yeah, it was one of those two. That's a good segue into my next question. Okay. <laughs> Do you read it? Can you read it there? Yeah, I read it. <laughs> Hunt the Wumpus. All right, well, that kind of hurts my my question here, the point of my question, but do you think uh, video game names have gotten too weird? Just the names? Because when I read this earlier on our notes, I was thinking, I I misread it. I thought it was, have video games gotten too weird? No, I'm talking about the names of games. Can you think of any off the top of your head? I wrote some down. I just, right before the show, I wrote a bunch, I went online and said, let's look at modern games and see what I find. Oh, sure. I'll give you some examples. Well, yeah, like Guacamelee. That was one of the. Oh, I kind of like that name though. <laughs> no, it, so they don't have to be ones that are bad, right? No, no, just no. Just weird. Just as weird. Yeah. So I listened to a podcast. The first time I heard Guacamelee was on a different podcast, and I when he said it, I was like, I had to rewind it and go, "What did he just say?" Guacamelee. Guacamelee. Yep. And uh, let me. I, I'll you go ahead and give me a couple on your list, and I'll see if I can. I'll, I'll get there in a second. Um, but no, you're, you 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 say that, and it's a good point because I'll hear a podcast, and usually it's new modern. Uh, not retro podcast, but modern podcast. Right. There's some r- weird retro names. Don't get me wrong. Hunt the Wumpus, a good example. Yeah. Um, but um, they'll say the name of a game, and I'll I'll hear it three or four times, and I'll go to Google and type in what I think they said, and sometimes the game will actually pop up completely different than what I thought it said. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what they were saying. Okay, I got it. Um, well, what I've noticed is that games are either a lot of times they're just you know they're uh, typically Japanese games that come over here and they don't take the time to uh westernize the name they just directly translate it so yep. it just it just it's bizarre um and other times they're just indie titles where i guess they're trying to shock you with the title or just make you go huh make and, it unique yeah so they're getting really weird but here's a bunch I, I wrote down um this is the one that i heard that really made me want to ask the question there's a game called i hate running backwards <laughs> i haven't even heard of that one <laughs> Never well, heard of it. And it's kind of funny because once I saw the gameplay, I'm like, oh, I knew where they're coming from. And it's kind of like a twin. I think it's like a twin stick shooter thing where you're always shooting at something, but you're always running right. away from it at the same time. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, here's just some other random names. Here's some like uh, here's a Japanese one. Uh, there's a whole series of these Danganronpa games. Mm-hmm. So they just came out with Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. Okay. Okay. Um, they came out with Revenant Dogma. Okay. I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Psychedelia of the Ashen Hawk. 
Right. So those are, I think those are kind of more. And those are more modern games, right? These are all modern. That's what I'm talking about. I said the games are getting weird titles. Um, There's one called Bunny Must Die, comma, Chelsea and the Seven Devils. Hmm. All right. (laughs) Uh, Penny Punching Princess. A game called Muvlove. Love. No idea what that means. And then uh, another one that is actually very popular, uh, but it's just, again, it kind of the indie title thing is Don't Starve. Don't Starve. Well, you, I guess you get the concept of the game right there in the title, don't you? Yep. Don't Starve. Yeah, I, and I, you know, the, you can go back in history and see so many weird ones, especially like, the, you're right, with the Japanese, that's what I was going to say, like yeah. Katamari Dharmacy, what was the name of that? Uh, Katamari. Uh, da, yeah, Dharmacy, yeah. Yeah. Um, but remember Super Meat Boy? Yep. Um, you know, yeah, I th- I think they try to make it. They try to make their names unique, so for marketing reasons or to get noticed. Yep. But is it any weirder than before? I guess so. I mean, you look at old PlayStation games like Drive Driver. You know, I mean, it Driver. Yeah, it's to it's the driver. point. It's to the point. It's the name of the game. Castlevania is pretty straightforward. Space Invaders. Actually, if you think about that, it's not because it's kind of Transylvania. Mixed with the fact there's a castle there. They yeah. just kind of mashed it up. Well, I'm sure they did that for... They didn't want to get <laughs> sued. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess Transylvania is not a... It's a place. Yeah, it's not not a Person, place, copywritten thing. thing or something. Um, yeah, I do think names are... are I, every once in a while you come across a weird name. Um, I was trying to think of... Plumbers don't wear ties. That's a good old name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get those weird names every once in a while that you think are kind of dumb and that actually turns me off to games sometimes oh yeah well sometimes they're just boring too but yeah um and then also just kind of sometimes they have this very simple art on the cover which right. is i guess artistic and kind of clean a lot of times but mm-hmm. it just makes me go i don't see the content therefore what else you got right but they end up being good games a uh, couple games i found that i do like the titles of and i mean these are all over the place but riddled corpses <laughs> right That's yeah a newer game uh space jacked that sounded cool. It's a, Obviously, you must have been kidnapped and you're on a spaceship somewhere. I didn't even look at the game, but that's what I feel it's about. Uh, Deep Ones, which to me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that could be taken a lot of different ways. Yeah. But Deep Ones, uh, to me, I'm a Cthulhu nerd. I have a whole Cthulhu shelf there, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. So it's, you can, they're, you know, the Deep Ones. Uh, and then this was a simple one. Actually, I really want to get this. It's going to, it's, I think it just came out on Switch, but Reverie. Yeah. You know, it's kind of got a... Um, uh, what's that game on Super Nintendo? Earthbound feel to it. Kind of this happy-go-lucky kid hmm, gets I caught d- up in something that's much darker than the way the game looks. I saw the game that's title cool. fly by. I did not, didn't know much about it, but I really like Earthbound. Yeah. I haven't actually played through it. I remember I, uh, starting it for like five minutes when I was, you know, out of college and going through emulators like crazy and just clicking on stuff. But I think about halfway through it. I'll have to give that a shot. Yep. But that means it's time for beer. Time for beer. All right. So you've got, um, we're grabbing it here, a Firestone Mocha Merlin, and there are straight-up coffee beans on this can. Chocolate and coffee-infused milk stout. Yep. So have you had any of these, like the nitro, their nitros? Oh, if it's a nitro, I have to pour this in quick, huh? No. Um, maybe not. But this one's not a nitro. Ooh, here. Hmm. Can you hear the sound? I know our, our boys over there at the Migos don't understand the beer thing, so it's not doing much for them, but... Well, they drink, beer. like, whiskey. Yep. Actually got, for Christmas, I got a Johnny Walk- a Walker, White Walker whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> which is the Game of Thrones-inspired whiskey. 
if if uh if you're up for it maybe we can have a little of that later but so there's yeah this is a mocha merlin um i was drinking the regular nitro merlin uh but we picked this up i saw that it was a coffee infused one which i always feel bad because you know i have an early bedtime so i was like i'm gonna get a coffee infused there you go beer. <laughs> keep Give you up. Me, g- jack me up a little bit for the well i was enjoying the pouring sound so well that i forgot to pour down the side and so mine is all hit right now nonetheless okay cheers cheers go ahead and sip on that bad boy we've got some errata to get through errata again we're gonna get that wrong every time so we'll just that'll be a permanent piece of errata uh two things i noticed Last time on the show, I talked about how the NES Classic line reached $10 million in sales. No, it's 10 million units. That was 10 million units. I don't know why I said dollars. Yeah, 10 million units. 10 million total wouldn't be that impressive. That was not impressive. <laughs> I mean, it's impressive. I'd like to take $10 million. Right. But uh, yeah, no, 10 million units. I just took your word for it. I was like, okay. Yeah, so. whatever. I'll roll with it. Call me out next time. Don't make me look like a goof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one is we kept talking about flip grip and things like that. So we were talking about what we were calling tape mode. Yeah. So first of all, we we pronounce gaiden. Yeah. Right. We're trying to be uh, correct to the source material, which is the Japanese word gaiden, and yeah. say it right. You call me out when I say ZX Spectrum because our friends over the ponds want me to say ZX. Z, Z right. Which I have given into. All right. I will call it the ZX. That's how Spectrum. they say Z in the alphabet. No, I, I, under, I understand. And uh, the word Tate is actually Japanese. So that's Tate. Is it Tate? Yes. Okay. Probably, I, I, probably I not to... said with the expression. I just did Tate. I, I sound like it's a French uh, like liver yeah, plate or something. But, yeah. Because I, I have seen YouTube videos where people say that both ways. And remember, you, said, you were mentioning in the last episode that it was part of Rotate, right? Oh, I thought you said that. Oh. I can't remember. Ah, well, the errata lives on. We'll talk exactly. about how wrong we'll we are to, again. We'll have to correct our correction. It's very meta. I believe it's Tate, though. I believe that's... Um... Anyways. Okay. Well, now that we've had our beer, what do you think? I I like this one. I've had it once before. I was wanted to get your opinion on it. I I will say... Well, I, I love it. I'll say I love it. Okay. Now, that being said, I don't think I've had a chocolate and or coffee stout I didn't love. Okay. So it's an easy brand, every, uh, every, the That's good. category for me. And you can get this pretty much everywhere. So it's not like a yeah, rare one. Yeah, well, at least in California. I don't know if right. it's worldwide kind of thing, but. I think they're growing. Yeah, it's good. They're 805. I suggest it. They're 805 approved. is my daily, one of my daily oh, 805 drinkers. is a solid, uh, yeah, light beer. Well, it's not light necessarily. It's light. But, light colored. Yeah, light not colored. Not light calories. Flavored. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, how about we catch up? So I wanted to start off this segment by giving a shout out to the local Elk Grove Legacy Toys and Games. This is our local uh, uh, video game shop that opened up, I don't know, what, only a year and a half ago, a year ago, something yeah, like that? Yeah, when I saw this on the list, I was hoping you didn't have bad news. Oh, I, no. No, no, no. I, I dread hearing when these shops close. Well, I'll, I'll, let me sandwich this then. Okay. I went down to Stockton to check in on one of the sh- shops. I always go to down there, and it's gone. In Stockton? Yeah. Is it, it that big one? It's the big one, yeah. It's gone? It's gone. Yeah, the one over there in... Uh, what was that called? Jay's? Or... Oh, no, not, not that one. I know which one you're talking about. That Although, that one could be gone, too. That one's actually pretty small, physically. Oh, okay. What but, was the one you went to? Do you remember the I, name? I think it, was a, it used to be a play-and-trade, but then it became like Games 1, 2, 3 or something like that. Okay. Anyways, listeners uh, all around the world don't care. No. Um... Anyways, that one closed. That's a bummer. But our local one's still open, and apparently they did a ton over the holidays. 
I got to go they did stop like, in there. They did like 30% off all their systems and uh, did packages with games and stuff. So all of the, I'm going to call them casuals. All the casuals came in there to buy a Super Nintendo with Super Mario World. And uh, so yeah, they, and when I, I got I there, that. it was it was raked over. Yeah, because they have they had an Intellivision there for a while. I really wanted to pick up. Yeah, I was talking to you about that. It I looked thought. very nice. It was. it was in good shape. Well, that's the cool thing. I was talking with the guy. They don't do any, they don't sell anything that they're not proud of. So right. you're not going to find anything there. It's not nice. That being said, my next point, I when I went there, uh, there was a huge box of systems, and I couldn't tell if they were coming in or going out because there was two 5200s right on the top. Oh. And I was here overhearing their conversation. I was just snooping. And uh, when they came out, I'm like, hey, I don't want to get in between your business. Are those coming in or going out? And he was actually getting rid of them because they had too many projects. Yeah. So this guy was buying like the whole lot for cheap. And then uh, so I tried to pick one of those 5200s off of him. Turns out that one of them was just super rusted. And I'm like, yeah, I don't trust it. The no. other one, the other one didn't have any joysticks or anything. So it was, it was going to be too hard to put one together. Yeah. So I'm like, ah. I was hoping to grab one for you. Because a buddy of mine has one that he's willing to just give me, but it is, it's not in great shape. Yeah. I want one, that, I want one that's in fairly, it doesn't have to work, but it has to be in some kind of good cosmetic shape so that I can kind of yeah. fix it up. Yep. You know? But it is funny because I've never actually felt one or held one before. Big. And it, it is big and it is completely big because it's just a plastic compartment. It's gigantic, There's and the controllers <laughs> the controllers can fit in those top compartments. Yeah, and they're big controllers, aren't they? They're they're good sized controllers. Yep. Yeah. S- speaking of which, I sold my ColecoVision uh, baseball controllers. Yeah. On the, oh, I've seen this. those the little bat handles. Yeah, they've got like yeah. big old bright buttons, and mm-hmm. they they look like boxing gloves because they're huge. Anyways, they just literally took up an entire shelf, and I never use them. They there's like one or two games they work for, and I just said, you know what, I need shelf space. I've been moving stuff here, but anyways. Um, I bought a flip grip for my switch because Yay! I got a switch for Christmas. Yeah. That's, Yay. Yeah, that is good news. And the flip grips is a good, good compliment well, I owned, to go I, with it. After our last episode, you suggested I buy one. I bought one that night and had it in like two days. So I, I got a grip before I got a switch. So. I'm glad you got it. Cause you, with those type of things, you never know when they're just never going to be available again. Cause that, you know, whoever makes them, they may just stop making them one day. Yep. It's pretty cool. So far, the only thing I've used it on is uh, Pinball FX. That's the only thing? So far, yeah, that I've used it on. Okay. But I have big plans for my flip grip and my Switch, which yeah. you will hear. Uh, there's a lot of Switch in this episode. We're, we'll get to all of that. Figured there would be. Yeah. And I have a couple Switch items, too, that are retro-inspired, so they count. So hopefully, <laughs> hey, I don't know if yours are or not. but Let's just be honest. It's kind of like everything has roots in R&B. That's true. Everything we talk about video games has <laughs> roots and retro, so we're good. We cover ourselves. I don't care what the listeners say. Um, Before we move on, though, how do you like the flip grip? I mean, how does it feel? How it just? I don't. I know we went into it a little bit in one episode, but do you feel like the when you're playing it that it's not going to fall out of the flip grip? That oh, it's sturdy. It is sturdy. Yeah. Okay, because I have the same feelings. I think it's a great. It's 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 really great. Yeah, it feels like it could be um yeah first party and I, I don't know if you've read any of the complaints online about it no i don't yeah so don't some people have said it, vibes. it covers up like the volume buttons which does okay um yeah. it 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 does fit but i don't know how you're going to build something like that without making a couple sacrifices and oh they're just listing the cons yeah but no it's awesome yeah, I think it's it's innovative. It's 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 awesome. You it, kind of wonder why Nintendo didn't have that of their something of their own. You I'm know? surprised they haven't made one yet. Right. 
And if they could make one with volume buttons built in and stuff, then they could take that market. I'd probably buy it again if it did. <laughs> True. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I just played a couple of homebrews on my NES the other night. I have to bring that up. Um, I, I tweeted one of them. And, of course, I tweeted it with the wrong name. So I heard more about how I got the name wrong than I actually got, like, responses about the game. <laughs> what was my that? My bad. Uh, Super, homebrew uh, Super Homebrew War. Okay. Did you see this picture I put out there? I thought you did. I did. I you responded. Yeah. I, so, I, I think that it I think it looks really interesting. I did not because this kind of came out right. Oh yeah, just a few days ago. Just a couple days ago that in that I heard from you. I want to get that and, and try it out. It sounds really interesting. Well, the reason that I was so excited about it, the game itself, if you just play you versus the the computer, it's, well, it might be. It's, I mean, I actually ended up playing for like a half an hour, so I guess it is kind of fun. But what I'm excited about is I started playing this. I'm like, what is this game? And you literally hop into an arena. And we just if you just hit start, 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 you start playing. It's just you and another character. And you kind of look at your different shapes and different whatever. And there's like three blocks Mario style that you could hit to get an ability. Okay. And you're literally trying to jump on the other person's head. Or if you get the ability to shoot fireballs, hit them with a fireball. Or you can get the ability to like dash at them. And you can use that. And it's basically like a... Um, it's almost like a Super Smash a, Brothers. I, I want to say like a Super Smash, but that game, the whole... Yeah, I guess it's like that, except that whole game is based on trying to get back on the platform. I'm not a huge fan of that game. I'm sure if I played enough, I'd get into it. But uh, it's kind of like that. And then I realized, you know, that menu I skipped past yeah. would allow me to pick two more computer players. Right. So I went back and looked, and I could play me versus three computer players. So we're all going all over the place, stepping each other. And it's first to... There's all kinds of modes, too. The first to 10 wins... Or survival mode where you only have so many lives, you're trying to knock everybody else and be like the last one standing. And then uh, every time a level finishes, it opens a new level that's a completely different looking level with different uh, platforms and you know different scenes and stuff. You know, different I, I characters. Really, yeah, I really want to check it out because it looks really cool. And I like games where you can pick CPU players. Yeah. You know, like because you're not always you don't always have someone to play. Well, and that's what I want getting at is the reason I really think it's going to shine. This is why I'm so excited about it. Is I'm like. I wonder if I can plug my four tap into that. And that's where I took that, that picture of. Yeah, I shoved I saw my four tap in it, threw three controllers in it. Absolutely. Oh, so we can that's do four player multiplayer brawling on the NES. Oh, that's going to be I'm a blast. I'm so excited about that. So, this is not really for the air, but whatever. Uh, I'm trying to get this to work. My birthday is coming up in late February. And yeah. I'm going to try to do a video game day where I just get like six to eight of my buddies, including you, my friend, if you're oh, yeah. willing. To just come over here and play multiplayer like retro games. That would be fun. I want to do that. And that game's got to be... I want to try that game so bad. Maybe we can have a Windjammers tournament. <laughs> yeah. I, I like Windjammers. Absolutely. Another uh, homebrew I tried. It's actually a... Uh, I guess they did it for a competition, so it's only a demo at this point. Twin Dragon. Oh, I'm sorry. I, is it Twin Dragon? Yeah, it's Twin Twin, twin Dragon. They kind of look like alligators. So I wanted to call it Twin Gator, but it's Twin Dragon. And it's just a... Uh, simple platformer where you're a little tiny dragon exactly one sprite tall and you shoot fire breath and you collect coins and it, but it's just really it feels um very the the gameplay is solid and what was that on again nes nes okay and uh apparently i mean they actually put up on indie retro news recently so i downloaded it and it's actually two full levels with bosses right now at this point Okay, so it's not a full game yet. Nope, just but it's worth playing through the, just the two levels. Yeah. And at first, it's just super easy, but just it's one of those games that just feels good. So yeah. while you're blowing through it, you're just like, ah, like enjoying it. It feels satisfying. But by the uh, the last boss on the second level, 
I had to play it five or six times to beat it, kind of figure out how the patterns work and what you have to do. Um, but when that becomes a full-fledged game, if it becomes for sale, I'm probably going to buy it. Right it's on. actually solid. And Super Home Reward, that was just free, right? Yeah. All yeah. Right. I'm hoping they continue to update it and add characters. It'd be cool if they can... Uh, I mean, they're not charging for it. I know Nintendo shuts things down. It'd be cool if they could try to put in some characters and stuff we know. Yeah. But you know how that stuff works. Yep. What do you got here? Did you put Free 64 on here or did I? I did. Did you um, want to talk about that? Because that, I, I, I actually really like that magazine. Yeah, but that, you basically asked my question for me. The zine? Yeah, <clears throat> so it's like a zine that is one of those little smaller, you know... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember zines when that was a thing in, like, the yeah. 90s. I don't even know what the dimensions <clears throat> are. They're, like, you know... It's little, a half a sheet of paper folded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's Vinny. I, I, I um, can't remember his last name, but Vinny on uh, Twitter. I've been following him for probably 10 years um really good guy he has a website where he makes cheats for commodore 64 games that's all he does like oh yeah he i mean that's all he did you say cheats or like trainers cheats like trainers and okay. cheats um he doesn't program not so much the trainers but he code like exactly how to hack a game to make it extra lives or whatever gotcha. he tells you the memory locations and you can do it yourself <clears throat> i can and, see that'd be a fun hobby it's funny though because i never use the trainers i just hit no on everything yeah but and then he has a website for endings for Commodore 64, I think. In fact, I think his handle C64 Endings. Oh. I don't remember, but he'll post like the endings for C64s and if they're good endings or bad endings or interesting endings. But anyway, he, he's the publisher of that and it's been a good magazine. He has a lot of really good interviews, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, How often does that come out? It comes out roughly, uh, I think, once a month. And is it paper? It's paper, yep. And, and I get it from the UK and they show up like within a couple days of I'm, I'm gonna start buying some subscriptions i really want to get i know you buy them at the at the newsstand every time but i really want to get retro gamer regularly yeah retro gamer is a good one but it's an expensive subscription because it ships from the uk yeah that's that's yeah. what's holding me back is paying yeah 100, I, like 120 pounds or something up front a year although they had a promotion recently i missed out because it was christmas time to oh, get they a, did. to get an 8-bit dough controller if you set up signed up for a i did read that yeah yeah i'm like well i was hoping to get another one anyways it's part of my ritual of going to a bookstore like i i try yeah. to stop in at a bookstore once every couple of weeks it's usually like a barnes and noble i was gonna and say I, your local friendly mm -hmm. brick and mortar bookstore someone's got to keep them in business right and that's the sad thing that barnes and noble is the local bookstore that we're trying to save at this point and, and that's exactly true and and i and i will buy that magazine there in a coffee because i try to support I'm trying. I'm really trying to put my money where my mouth is. I'm so supporting local save, businesses. He's trying to save Starbucks inside the Barnes and Noble. And call it local business. <laughs> exactly. You heard it here first. Yep. What's your opinion on micro machines? <laughs> yeah, this is a. This is my segue. Do you like my segues? Yeah, that is a good segue. <laughs> I got a new soundboard, so I get to use it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually really like that sound. Um, so I, this was a leftover from our notes from last month. So I got to kind of try to remember <laughs> what I was going to say about it, but I do remember I booted up my Amiga 1200 and I played micro machines on there because I had heard that there was an Amiga version. I didn't know there was an Amiga version. I had okay. always played the Genesis version. Um, and I know there's a super Nintendo version too, but there was an Amiga version. And I played it and I found that I actually liked the Amiga version better than the Genesis version, which hmm, okay. is kind of rare, a rarity. I mean, I love the Amiga. I love the games on it, but 
you know, the games are usually either exactly the same or kind of the nod goes to the console. Typically because of the lack of button. Right. But- yeah, that is a good... Uh, button singular. That's actually a good reason. <laughs> but I played that for, I really, I think a couple hours. And yep. I, I was digging digging it. I Like I said, I played it on the Genesis a ton. Played on the Amiga. It's a great version if you ever want to boot it up on the Amiga 500 because it's not an AGA version. So yeah, it's a good version. Well, I, I've been wanting to get the... Uh, uh, import micro machines cart for the Genesis. Yes. Cause it has the extra two player ports built into built the, cartridge. the cartridge. How cool is that? I, I, when I learned that a few years back, I went searching at every local place for that. Nobody had them. Well, I think it was a UK specific, wasn't it? Or Europe specific. You might be right. You might be right. In which right. case it's going to play is that faster because it's pal. And then we're Adding frames, <laughs> pal, pal versus NTSC. It probably plays Oregon. super fast, but who cares if it's two player or four player faster? You'd be more hilarious. So that's I want to think that that came out here too. Yep. I don't know. Well, if it did come out here and I find it out of the store, show me the. Oh, I hit the wrong button. Oh, no. oh. Show me the. All right, that won't <laughs> happen again. There's my money sound. What was that noise I just picked? All right. <laughs> ah, first error. So Are you ones. enjoying your uh, PlayStation Classic? Oh, another good segue. Um, <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring this up... Oh, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Come on, man. You got to use it. You just bought it. That was a good segue? Well done. <laughs> nice. Well done. Um, Point so Cody. The only thing I want to bring up is, as we discussed, I hacked the crap out of my PlayStation Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put... What was it? 15 games on it so far. Okay. New games? Yeah, just, well, old games, but. Now, is know. this the hack where you still see the original games and then yes. these are side loaded in like a folder? Using yeah. So, USB? yeah, it's called Bleem Sync. And okay. if you put the USB drive in, it shows you the new games. You take the USB stick out, it's the old games. So, if you just leave it in all the time, then you just see all the new games. Cool. Um, it so works. That, that, that might help me to pick up one of those things. Because, like, for my Amiga, I end up getting one of the USB thumb drives that are so small it sticks out, like, a few centimeters. That's exactly what I have in mind yep. right now. I mean, it, it sticks out, leave, like, two centimeters or something, and I just leave it in there. In fact, I got a hub. So Supposedly, you can plug the second controller in and the USB drive so that you can play two-player games, too. I heard um, the hub didn't work. Some hubs do. Some oh, hubs don't. Do. Okay. I saw some videos where some people... So I bought, like, the... I guess the most generic hubs, though, and you do not want a powered one. So it has to be like a hub that just has two ports in it. So I have to laugh, though, because still, I wouldn't, I don't think I'm going to buy a PlayStation Classic full, uh, classic full price, 100 bucks. It's like, it looks like a little PlayStation. It's its own little world that everything just works in it. No, it doesn't. You have to hack it, shove this thing in the side. If you want to play two players at that point, you got to add a hub. So now you're turning an emulation device into something that looks like an emulation device. <laughs> it fits under my TV nice. So yeah. that's why I have it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get it, but it's already dropped to 60 here in the U.S., and I'm not going to be surprised if it drops down to 30, and I'll buy it at 30. Yeah. So the I've found the two games I'm playing the most that I put on there out of the 15 I've added um, are Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Great game. You've played that, right? Oh, yeah. I love that game. Played all the way through it multiple times when I was younger. And I same here. It's one of the few games that I played. I beat it. As a kid, I we it was the party game, one of the party games. Like we would play it with friends yeah. coming over. We would it was it was amazing. I I love that game, and the soundtrack brings back memories. I was remember, gonna say, don't you love both punk rock and hip hop at this point? I do, I do. 
Thank you, Tony Hawk. And then for the, bringing our two worlds together. Exactly. And then the second game I'm playing the most is one I'd never played back in the day, and that's uh, Crash Team Racing. I've heard good things, but yeah, that's so. It's, you know, it's pretty much like a Mario Kart clone, yep. but it's poly polygonal, polygonal. Errata. Polygonal. Episode 8, Errata. No, I've corrected myself. I've self-corrected. Polygonal? polygonal? I would say polygonal. That's how I'd try to say it. So it's polygonal, so it's it's kind of weird. It's clunky. Oh, is it? But it's actually a lot of fun. It's a great little cart racing. I heard it's great. And a lot of people were upset that when they came out with the new Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. uh, trilogy that they didn't have that thrown in there, too. Yeah. And and I am playing Crash Bandicoot, too, because I didn't. Pl- I never played that back in the day. So no, I, it's all new to I. me. Um and I'm playing that, but these two were my favorites. And I just wanted to throw those in there that I, some, yeah, been, someone in the world is enjoying the PlayStation Classic. Oh, and I want to. And I, that's me. I will be enjoying it soon as well. Because the truth is, if I had that plugged into my TV, mm-hmm. even though it is an emulation device, even though it's not, and it's basically an at games console as far as I'm concerned, if I had that plugged in right now, I'm going to play that many more times than I'm going to play my actual, actual PlayStation at this point because it's just quick and easy. By the time I hook up the cables, I find the CDs, I burn a CD-ROM because maybe, uh, you know, because my PlayStation... The burning thing is the big part for me. My PlayStation's modded, so I can play the burns and stuff, but I got to burn it. I got to find it. It doesn't seem to load right because it's a burn. I don't know. This, it, I haven't found a game yet that doesn't play well. I did try to play, um, there was a game I really wanted to play, but I found out it only works with DualShock controllers. Um, oh, Okay. I don't remember the title right now. Oh, this is going to kill me, but... It's funny. We mentioned Legacy Games. The reason I went in there was to actually go out and buy a non-DualShock PlayStation 1 controller. Oh, really? Because I was cleaning. You can see I cleaned up some of my games and I had little tubs. Yeah. All their controllers and power supplies are behind there. So I can just pop systems up and make it easy to play. Yeah. I talked about I was going to do that while I did it. Um, and I noticed for the PlayStation, I didn't have any just regular PlayStation Classic controllers. So really? Yeah. I, I have wanted a to couple. have at least one just to... Just to have it. Yeah, I have two of them because uh, I, I did the first PlayStation 1 or X, I guess is what they call it. Um, the first one I bought in recent history was one of those little tiny ones. Do you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? A little PlayStation. They're like the, it's not the PlayStation Classic. It's the actual small edition. Oh, I think it was called the PlayStation 1. I think like, so. Yeah, one. I think you're right. Yeah. Which is very confusing. Yep. That was the first one, and when I bought it, it came with just a regular old non-dual shot controller, and then I finally got a big uh, one of the fat ones because I wanted it modded, and I installed a mod chip in uh-huh. it, and uh, that one had one. So. Somehow I end up collecting, I have like four PlayStations. One of them's modded, and I can never remember which one. <laughs> That's probably why I don't do it often either, is I'd have to sit there and try right. over and over. Anyways, you've been putting some thought into the uh, PC Classic, huh? I have. I put some thought in there, and mainly because uh, I have the the Mister, which is the FPGA computer that you can pop, install cores on it, and simulate or emulate. I should yeah, say. Yeah, we were talking about that simulate a lot last time. A bunch of different cores of different computers, but I've been focusing in on the AO four eighty six core, which simulates a four eighty six a four eighty six computer. It, it's a it's more like a three eighty six really, so you can't play. Uh, games that are, have too much horsepower required but i did find my an old game i loved and i had completely forgotten about it but it's called scorched earth and it's okay. one of the it's one of the classic artillery games where yes. you're a tank okay, yep. you adjust the degrees you adjust the power and then you just launch missiles at each other so it's funny when i saw when i saw this i looked it up really quick to see if i knew what it was and i expected to see like some kind of like uh 
Armageddon Doom, Dune, not Doom, but right. Dune. Right, like Dune. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like sandy, like creatures out in the desert kind of feeling thing. And when I saw it, it was, like you said, artillery, but I totally remember this because the graphics were... Well, they were cheesy as hell. <laughs> they are, they're, they're, they and, are. And when there was an explosion, there'd be a perfect circle that got big and got smaller with a texture in it that never right. moved. <laughs> yeah. And so, but those games were a lot of fun with two and, players. And this one was a beauty because it every time you won a round, you got money, and then you can buy different weapons. And the different weapons, one will roll down a hill, one will do, one's a nuke, makes that big circle you're talking yep. about. One I is totally played this. One's um, what's called it's called a Merv M I R V, and it, it it it's like a cluster bomb. It goes and then it like breaks into four different ones. Yeah, it's like um, like bur- uh, Angry Birds. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like the first <laughs> Angry Birds ever. I completely forgot about this game until um, I was messing with DOSBox a couple of years ago, and I, and I remembered the game. I found it and I played it, loved it. And so when I got the mystery, I put it on there. But it got me thinking about the PC Classic because our friends at the Amigos podcast, they came out with a little YouTube video highlighting their must-have 30 games. Okay. For the PC Classic, that if it has the, the, you really need these games on there. Gotcha. I haven't listened to it yet, but I, I saw that I, uh, yeah, downloaded the episode. It's a great YouTube video. It's not part of it's. Oh, that's I, right. Well, a video. That's right. It might not be. It, it might be the, one of their podcasts, but the video is cool because they show little clips of every game. So, gotcha. You should take a look at it. Um, so you put the list here in front of me, so I'm looking at it, and I, I recognize most of these. So. Yeah, and but I will say that a lot of these are later i don't know how to say this right later retro titles they're not early so Uh, these would play more on 486s pentiums pentium twos okay um not not all of them like wolfenstein 3d could uh i think our vic 20 could handle zork exactly yeah not (laughs) not all of these but like wolfenstein 3d plays on the older ones leaderboard golf plays on the older ones and i love leaderboard you you see my favorite right there i always talk about jazz jackrabbit yep jazz jackrabbit um Masters Trail, Oregon Trail. I love Masters of Orion. That's a great a space trading game, which I've always called Orion Errata. <laughs> <laughs> Soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The original XCOM I've never played. I played XCOM two, and I did love that. Uh, the first XCOM is great too. So you're you should try Ma- Maniac Mansions on here. Eye of the Beholder. You yeah, know, I'm more familiar with the later ones, so of course I'd love to see uh, well any Lucas Art stuff. But Sam and Max, I love. I've mentioned that a lot. Day of the Tentacle. Um, I, they have Descent on here. That's a great choice. A lot of these, I mean, I agree with all these. These are all great games. I haven't played all of them, but most of them. Um, Wing Commander. Have you played that? I've heard of it, but no. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, that'd be a cool system. I don't know which ones they're going to be able to get licenses for. And actually, a lot of the ones they have on here, they probably can at this point. And th- this is my only two cents why I'm pro PC Classic, like uh, a system coming out and I why I think it's worth the money. W- trying to get these games working on the Mister, which the mm-hmm. Mister is just, for all intent and purposes, is just a 386 or 486, okay? Yep. I still have to mess with the auto exec files, the, the config sys, the memory management, the sound blaster configs. I have to tinker with all of those things per game to get them to work. Okay. So if I want to get like recently, I tried to get red Baron to work. Have you ever yeah. seen that's a world war one? Oh, we talked about it last time. I love red Baron and try to get it to work. Sound blaster didn't work. No sound. So I had to tinker with that. Finally get it to work. 
I had to pull memories of old days of me working on DOS machines. Um, well, if you remember last time we talked about it, I said I played it on the Mac. And you're like, oh, maybe I'll just try a Mac core. <laughs> right. And I, I should. I will. And I will. Well, the funny thing is after that, I found out it's on the Amiga. I got it go. running on my 600. So I like, it, it, it's fine. But if someone can give me 30 games that I don't have to do that, yep. then it's worth it to me right there. Agreed. And and they say I don't know if you heard the uh, you well you haven't watched the Amigo ones Amigos yet um, they say that the company that's coming out with this is going to come out with expansion yeah. where it's going to be an SD card that looks like a little floppy yep and you'll get thirty more games or fifteen more games whatever yeah and the Amigos it's are old. speculating that they're actually going to have Amigo ones too yeah I'm not sure if I buy that or not but I could see I mean there's so much crossover I could see that happening. Game wise, not. I don't think they're necessarily going to make them Amiga versions of the game. No, but I mean, they'll be like the, you know that thing's just going to be. I think it's based on the orange, which is like the Raspberry Pi. Yeah. They they'll just have an Amiga emulator on there. Yeah, and they'll configure it for each game. Which with the Amiga, it's not that hard. PC was or maybe really, yeah, maybe sell a disc that's all Amiga games or something. That's what they're going to do. Cannon fodder and your Soldier Fortune. And right. Your, uh, not Soldier Fortune, but which I think that's the Genesis version. The uh, what do they call that? chaos engine yeah right they well, i don't need it for the amiga i can get most amiga games to work on any on whatever they didn't need all the little tinkering. i can't <laughs> you ever run into anything I, post uh no i still run into a few i mean i still have to deal with pal my tv's pal i can play pal but the amiga is not pal so if it's pal i'm still i have to well you're right no you're right i have to go back and forth and figure out if it's pal or not mm-hmm. but i'm still running into games that won't play and so i'm sure if i looked into it it's because it's not. They usually say if they're AGA, but there's still two other processors: ECS and OCS. So I enhanced chipset and original chipset. I still can get ones that won't play. Long story short, but okay. But much higher hit ratio now. I just always try PAL first, and if it doesn't work, then I boot it up without using my. Um, what's it called? The freaky, freaky Frankie helped us with the degrader. Degrader. Yep. Right on. Um, last month, uh, I think I mentioned that I downloaded Iconoclast. It was free on PlayStation Vita. If oh, you have okay. the, if you have the PS plus, okay. I'm still very excited to play that, but I haven't touched my Vita since I got my switch. So moving on <laughs> the switch really has, I, I love the Vita great machine. My issue with it is simply the fact that it's not being supported right now. There's a lot of people out there. I have, a. I subscribe to some of the Vita uh, Twitter feeds and stuff. And there's a community out there that loves it and is pushing it. And they, they're like, I'm playing a new Vita game today. And they buy all the new Vita games. Well, uh, the, the Vita, Vita games that are coming out physically now, for the most part, unless they're limited run games. I was just going to mention, isn't limited run still pretty much supporting the They're Vita? doing it. And, of course, Play Asia is still doing some. Yeah. Um, but almost all the games that are actually being released at this point that aren't those companies are these... Uh, Japanese RPGs with the weird names. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't interest me. I, I, I don't. I don't have 80 hours to jump into some. A, I don't have that time, and B, like the anime aesthetic doesn't necessarily do it for me. And their storytelling is kind of. It's always like school kids. It's just like <laughs> there's nothing enticing about those games right, to me. Right. So I do like the. Um, I don't have the. I don't. I've never had a Vita. Yeah, I I get the one with the OLED screen, the very first one. They're gorgeous. The screen is nicer than the the Switch screen. It's a better screen. It looks great. So what happened though? They they come out with a cost reduced version. The screen's not as good. True. The newer still one? not bad. Still not bad. Okay. 
but you should seek out the old one. The old one's got the OLED screen. I didn't gorgeous. know that. It looks like um, How do you tell? Is there a model number it. difference? Oh, I'm sure. Okay, because if I'm I go sure. looking well, for they one. They physically look different, too. Okay. We could. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. We could dig into it, but yeah, they look different. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do have some physical games. They release a lot of um, games that are pretty inexpensive. Like I got Yoku's Island Express on. Uh, I don't know I didn't. I got that on PS4. Anyways, but long story short, because it's not being supported with the games as much, um, I'm pretty much all my indie games are going Switch now as of December 25th. And they have a huge library of indie They're doing indie great. Games. Yeah. And um, a lot of people complain about that, saying they're mobile phone ports to the Switch. I don't care. Throw 10,000 games on there as long as some of them are good. Well, that's the thing with the mobile phone games. I would enjoy if they didn't have the you know pay-to-play business model. Yeah. So when I buy them on the Switch, you pay up front and you have the whole game. So that's exactly right. what I want from these mobile games. I, I, I don't know about you. I think you feel the same way about this. I hate playing games on my phone. No, yeah. I think I, most, I, most gamers do. And yeah. I, I don't know who's playing these games on these phones. I, I don't like it. I, I, I can't. The, the touchscreen controls don't work well. And when you pair a, a, a thing to it, now you got to, and you got to always worry about your battery life. I, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but that's a good segue right into the Switch here because I went Switch heavy. I, like I said, for the last 20 days or so, it's been since Christmas here. Um, so right off the bat, first thing I did was hop on the eStore, try to download some games. There's a sale going on, so I was able to make my first 20 bucks or so go far. I downloaded like 15 games. Um, but the notable ones I've actually been playing, first thing I got was Hollow Knight. Okay. Um, which is a great game. I I had that on 3DS. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's uh, another Metroidvania, mm-hmm. which is another reason I'm probably not going to get to Iconoclast for a while. I downloaded it. I'm definitely going to play it, but I'm... I'm I'm wrong. I'm being stupid. Oh, okay. I had Shovel Knight on 3DS. Oh, yeah, that's on a great 3DS. game. That's a great but game. Hollow Knight, is that similar to that? Uh, it is a Metro... No, it's a Metroidvania. Okay. Shovel Knight's more of a... Um, platform yeah yeah it's a mix between like Mega Man and ducktales from the nes which yes. is a great game but mm-hmm. um and we'll get to that more later but it's a metroidvania with this really cool kind of uh black and white dark black and white uh, i mean there's some colors in there but it's primarily black and white um grayscale um cutesy but very dark and they <laughs> they kind of called it a metroidvania with dark souls like difficulty which everyone likes to throw that around nowadays right um, I've only hit a few bosses where you really had to go back and fight them 20 times to beat them. Um, for me, that's about every game, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll triple it for, for Eric. Exactly. Um, I got pretty far in this one and I wanted to play it all the way through. I probably, I'm probably, if I were to guess halfway. Okay. Um, and I don't, I, again, I'm trying to turn over to a new leaf and play a lot of games rather than play games that I'm not, I mean, I was loving this game, but I don't want to play games just to beat them to move on to another game. Right. I want to get locked into that. Which is not good for podcasting. Right. You got to move through. That's part of this. Yeah, this whole thing. It's is. true. Because when you, because I envy you because you will stick with the game until the end. Whereas that doesn't, that's not too good for a podcast. Correct. Then you're going to talk this about one game. podcast is changing the way I, I live right. my life, Eric. Um, but I still need to, because I end up wasting a lot of money. But I, if, if we were talking about New Year's resolutions, we don't really make them. And this isn't a resolution, but I am going to try to spend less money and actually try to enjoy the games I get more. Yeah. But I'm still going to play a lot of games. I have a lot of games, so I have plenty of back catalog to go yeah. through. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. We have, I have a whole wall of retro here that I need to get through eventually, right? 
So anyways, I played a lot of that, loved it, going to keep doing it. Yep. But then I recalled in my head, the main reason I wanted this system was for Golf Story. Yeah. At least that was one of the primary reasons. And I downloaded it and I beat it in five days. Which is good. I haven't beat it yet. I'm about halfway through. That one I couldn't stop. I'm like, no, I'm playing this game. And um, I do love it. I do think it is acquired taste. Yes. Um, which is why if I was going to rate it, I'd probably give it an eight and a half out of 10. But for me, it was a 10. Kind of like when you you gave me mm-hmm. Yoku's Island. Yeah. Similar to that. Yeah. Um, it actually was really light on the golf compared to the RPG part of it. Right. The story part of it. It reminds me a little bit of Earthbound because it's kind of tongue in cheek, kind mm-hmm. of cutesy, cartoony, but has enough golf elements to keep it interesting. Yeah, and I really, I actually was hoping for more golf. I was hoping, like, you get clubs and stuff. I was hoping you'd be able to, like, try out different clubs and suit things, and there'd be more golf to, like, change. You know, I like to play um, accuracy over skill so I can hit small things instead of just hitting far. And, but no, it's, you pretty much have to play with the clubs you earn to progress on. So you just kind of, it's a, you just kind of go through the story. Right. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, but it was entertaining. It was a fun little story. Um, nothing life changing, but it was definitely fun and worth it. Um, and there was a lot of golf towards the end you got to play. The cool thing about it, which I didn't realize is if you want to call it the overworld map, mm-hmm. it's always the same. It never changes. And when right. you play golf, you just play golf on that map that, in that set, exact same visual style. Yep. So you're still playing on these relatively short looking holes with a big golf hole at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, would, I need to get back to it. I, I love the game. I think something else caught my eye. So I moved yep, on. That's what I did with uh, hollow Knight. This caught my eye. So and then right before I finished Golf Story, well, let me get back to this real quick. I'm bummed at myself because I was like, I really want to play Golf Story, and I usually don't buy anything unless it's on sale. It wasn't on sale, but it was only 15 bucks. I'm like, whatever. This is the reason I want the system. I'm buying it. The very next day, it goes on sale. For 10, Golf Story does. Yep, for 10 bucks or like 9.97 or something. And then I'm kicking myself because, of course, it did that. But then I realized, and this is what really made me kick myself, Limited Run, I, we just talked about this like two episodes ago, made a deal with uh, Best Buy to sell a few select games through Best Buy in physical copy, and Golf Story is one of them. I see, I've seen Golf Story in two different stores locally. <sighs> so, and seen... it's only like 25 bucks physical. I'm like, why didn't I buy the physical copy from Best Buy? Yeah, I bought the digital version, and I'm uh, that's fine. I want physical. I think that Nintendo's a lot better, though, that it, when you get a new Switch, if yours breaks, they'll you can transfer all your stuff. It's not as difficult as the 3DS used to be. That's still not saying a lot. <laughs> right. That's true. But, yeah. Uh, but then I got another flashy thing caught my eye. I've been thinking for a while, and that's Into the Breach. Yeah, and, you know, when Into the Breach came out, the very first, you know, day or whatever, I saw it and I was like, this is my kind of game. Yeah. It's got kind of weird isometric. It's turn-based. I love turn-based. And, oh, I love turn-based games, too. And some people just, just uh, when I tell them that, they're like, how can you play those? Turn- My son's one of them. <laughs> Turn- oh, really? My son does not like turn-based really? games. Okay. Yeah. Turn-based tactical, not necessarily like turn-based right. RPGs, like the JRPGs are mm-hmm. turn-based, but... Well, the combat's tactical. turn-based, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, so this was like, oh, I, I think that, and then... I just thought to myself, I'm just going to wait on this one and see what the reviews are. And, oh, and then I never uh, got back to oh, it. The, and the reviews are great. The reviews were great. They're and very I, good. I meant to go back to it. And I think it's pretty cheap now for digital download, right? Well, it's 15 digital or else it was on sale for 10 when I bought it. But 
I am loving the game. It's interesting because when you start it, there's not a lot of options. You just kind of start. Mm-hmm. And there's not like some big old long tutorial. There's no, I mean, it's you're right into the action or right into the strategy, I should say. And uh, I got my butt handed to me for an hour, but I enjoyed it mm-hmm. until I started, it started clicking. But it's interesting because they don't really tell you how to progress. Okay. Yeah, like you're playing through this thing. You still know kind of the end game. And then you... You play through, I'm not going to get go into too much detail, but you play through and kind of defeat the first campaign, if you want to call it a campaign. Um, and then you realize you get to keep one of your guys to move on. Right. So then you want to play again, beat another campaign. Now, when I say campaign, they're not stories or anything. It's the same map of four islands. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change. But you can earn coins and power up things, and then you can buy different units and then you can power up your pilots, and then you can add different abilities, and you can play on, now instead of playing on easy, which I'd suggest you start on easy, <laughs> now you can play on medium. And eventually you can play on hard, and then there's all kinds of trophies that you can unlock, and really what you're trying to do is just unlock everything. Okay. Because um, I saw videos of it, which is why I could say, oh, okay, yes, 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 yes. Because I've yeah. watched enough videos to to understand what you're saying. Yeah, um, and it's just, it's fun. I think I'll get it. I I... There was a game. Uh, do you remember Mario and Rabbids? I've been wanting that. So I have it, and I have the physical copy. I I loved it, and then again, as the story goes with me, something else caught my eye, and I moved on. But I I've played all through. I think I got very close to the end on that game. Yeah. And yeah, I've heard great things. Now that's not one I would ever buy on my own. I would never look at that game and be like, "Ooh, that looks interesting." But I've heard it's. Because I saw the rabbits, and, yeah. and I, I I listened to some podcasts a long time ago where rabbits were brought up, and it was just they were really dumb, cartoony <laughs> things. And I was like, no, this isn't interesting. But when I saw the video of it of the gameplay, it's a lot like XCOM. I mean, yeah, you, you yep. know, and uh, that's what I've heard. And it, it, I love it. It's a great game. So if you like Into the Breach, I mean, sometime you'll want to pick that up if you can find it on sale. I'm sure by now you can get used copies pretty cheap. Nope. Not even I've been the, trying. I, my, maybe because all the Christmas sales and everything's gone or something. But I think a lot of kids bought it because the Switch Mario name was on it. Are, yeah, but I think a lot of kids bought that and going, oh, it's a Mario game. Oh, what is this? And then they dumped it. Yeah, well, I'm hoping. I'm hoping because I would love to pick that up. And I'd love to pick it up. Yeah, it's a cool. Uh, the last one I want to put on here is a mobile port. Skyforce. Sky revisited specifically. So this is one game I actually did play on my mobile, even though I hated myself for it, because you'd have to. It's a shmup, and it's a tate, okay, <laughs> vertical tate. shmup. So you're playing with your thumb on, you know, you press on the screen. That's where a ship goes. So basically, you're moving your thumb around or finger around, whatever, and your mm-hmm. ship's going there, and it just constantly shoots. But um, this game, I've never heard of this. Is made really Skyforce Revisited? Mm-mm. Well, it's a shmup. Um, and it's it's probably one of my favorite shmups ever, to be honest with you. It's awesome. So it's on um, the Switch right now? It's on the Switch. This one's Skyforce Revisited, which they kind of added a bunch of stuff. It's actually a lot bigger than the first game, which is Skyforce... Well, I, call, I had Skyforce Anniversary Edition or something. And um, it's just really cool, because to get past the level, you'd have to play the level multiple times. And you eventually have to power up your ship and add weapons and add more missiles, or you can get lasers or you can you can add all this stuff it's like rpg style and you're building up your character by playing through it and earning coins and then turning those coins in at a shop when you're not playing and then going back in but it's cool because there's multiple things going on when you're playing the level um because ultimately you have five uh tokens you have to earn on each level to open up the next difficulty okay for that level you have to be able to kill every single enemy before the level ends 
you don't have to do this all at the same time. You just you have to kill every enemy. You have to be able to clear the whole level without getting hit once. You have to be able to pick up there's these little humans wave on the ground, and if you hover over them, um, it takes like five seconds while you hover over them for a little ring to complete around them, and it means you saved them and you brought them up. So you have to collect all the people. And then the other one is, oh yeah, when you shoot things, of course, little stars fly out, and you have to collect the whatever, a certain number of stars. So when you're starting, you know, you have a pea shooter, and it's hard to do any of this stuff, and then eventually you get to the point where you're on level three, you go back to level one, you're just tearing it up. Was this the one you were showing me? Probably. Okay. It's so good. I mean, <laughs> I th well, you were showing me on Twitter, right? I think so. Okay, because that, that one looked interesting. And this one, you said on mobile it does the Tate. Yeah. It sounds so dirty to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, that's the one that... <laughs> that's the one that... But it doesn't on the Switch, right? It's not on the Switch. It's not that mode. It's only no, landscape. In fact, they actually have these for um, PS4 and I think Xbox as well. Okay. But the games are um, made for a widescreen. Okay. Yeah, that is the one you showed. That, that looked yep. really good. The good. little stars reminded me of uh, of uh, Dodonpachi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once you get towards, once you get really powered up, you have a ton of stars flying out. Yeah, the stars are flying out. I was like, beginning, oh, those little stars look like Dodonpachi. Yeah, and you get a couple little ones, a few bigger ones, and a mega one. Like, yeah, just very similar. Mm, cool. But when you first start, you have a pea shooter, and only like one star comes out at a time. Mm. So it's definitely satisfying. Every time you play it, something else happens that's bigger than the last time. Okay. Um, you were playing a uh, Switch game a lot recently. Yeah. Which one is that? <laughs> circling it for you right there this the it's not outrun right it's not outrun oh uh, and you know did i put i gotta i gotta because I, I gotta talk about the other one that i'm playing a lot on the switch but horizon chase turbo i finally broke down and bought that it looks cool because i've been hearing about that Let, I'll, i'm gonna put i'm gonna make an admission here on pixel gaiden i wasn't a great fan of outrun that style of game was hard for me actually yeah mm -hmm. just to I liked it, and I played in the arcade. I'd put throw some quarters in there, and I'd play it. I'd die quickly. My quarters are gone. And if you remember, some of the OutRun machines in the arcade were 50 cents. Yeah, yeah. And so your money got eaten up pretty quick. You know, the ones you sat in, whoa, the ones you sat in in the arcade were 50 cents, sometimes okay. 75 cents a dollar or well, whatever. Take up floor space. Um, so I I just I never saw the fascination of Outrun. It was kind of the same old thing, yep. Razor. And then I saw Lotus on the Amiga, and that was a big one, but it's similar feel. Yeah. And then Chase HQ, which actually I did play, which is actually pretty cool. <laughs> it is honest, cool because you actually have to chase somebody down. I like that aspect. And, and I don't want to say Outrun's a bad game at all. It's a fun arcade racer. It's it's fun. But it's it was fun, fun but for it's a few nothing, minutes at a time. Yeah, it wasn't anything special to me. And when I um, saw this game, Horizon Chase Turbo. Yep. I thought the same thing. I'm like, how is that going to be 20 bucks? Right. And this isn't, this isn't, um, just on switch. You can get this on a bunch of other stuff. Okay. PC, I think. Yeah. I think it's on Xbox, but anyway, um, I, I haven't, I just got it last week, so I haven't played it a ton. <coughs> I beat the first level, which is three different races. Um, checkpoints. I, I, yeah, I got upgrades. I got some upgrades. Um, it, it's a good game. The graphics are amazing. I mean, they're retro, but they're but they're smooth, smooth and, and and kind of modern. They have that feel, but they aren't chunky and. And I did worry the first set of races I played. I was like, "Oh, this is really easy." 
uh, okay. uh, this is good. you know and that's unusual for me you know because <laughs> um, uh, everything's hard for me but um i i got through them and i got this upgrade i'm like okay it's cool you know i, I can actually do pretty well in this game and then it started getting harder and they do kind of drop you in gracefully dropping the lobster into the boiling water easily yeah because it uh, now that i'm done with, with the third set of races it's it's a lot harder and i'm okay. getting you know i was getting first place first place first place now i'm getting like third fourth place and i have to really work play the race again so you get there's some memorization of tracks you know the old tropes of, of yeah. racing games it's it's a good game yep yep so cool th- so it, it is fun i'm still not sure if i'm sold on it but i'll i'll have to take a look at it um and then i thought i put this elsewhere in the notes but i i'll, I'll address it now this is going to be by the way my first i see it right here I, this is going to be my first physical purchase because because I, oh, I i made a declaration on twitter this and I've I have a lot of Switch games. You know, I have a lot of physical games I bought. I bought a lot digitally. Show me the pile. I've got I've 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 played Mario Odyssey and loved it. In fact, it was one of my favorite games on there. I played Zelda. Played all the games. Um, I am having more fun with Dead Cells than I've had with any of the other games. I'm hearing that a lot. Something is clicking with Dead Cells for me. Something is clicking in that. It, it's just checking all the right boxes for what I love in games. And as a twist, as a, as a Shyamalan twist, <laughs> um, it has a thing I hate in games, which has made me love it. Which, and I so, think I know where that's going too. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it, it's hard to explain what dead cells is until you play it. Um, you, yeah, I've read it, reviews and I still haven't wrapped my head around it. It, so. it is very, but very what hard you said, to explain. What I've been reading and everything and, aesthetic and everything i'm just gonna buy it it's like a platformer but it's a roguelike a roguelike is um we'll, we'll get to that later yeah yeah i saw that on the notes coming up because you want to define you mm-hmm. you with your definitions but well, good luck with it, this one but yeah it's not exactly a roguelike because roguelikes tend for lee me one of the components is turn-based but we'll get we'll get to that later it's not like that the the element that is roguelike about it is that you will die quickly it's one of the games which i don't like about most would you, games would you say that it's souls like yeah, exactly. It, it, Which and is it's becoming not, a whole new genre. And it's not Souls like. Well, the bosses are tough. They are very tough. But yeah. I've gotten through two bosses already, and I'm loving it. It it when you die in the game, though, you do get you do get um, upgrades and blue, what I call blueprints to get weapons and things that you will find as drops and purchasable items in future games so even when you die there's still a benefit to to dying in the game like yeah you die but there's some benefit to it for your future self but that is all contained in the storyline it's actually makes sense in the fictional world of dead cells um it's very just hard to explain but i i gotta tell you it is my favorite game on switch right now and i think over time it's gonna be my favorite overall so far yeah I'm going to buy it. That's awesome. A uh, quick tip for anyone who owns a Switch. I found this out, and I think most people don't know this, because when you buy a game, you get like 5% of your coins back online. Right. Well, if you bought a physical game, and it's on your Switch, and you buy it <laughs> apparently within a year. It's got to be within a year. You can you can go over the, hover over that game, uh, press the plus button, I think, and basically redeem your points for the physical copy. But I think you only get 1% if it's a physical copy. (laughs) Right. Because, you know, all the digital games I got, I got all my gold coins for it. And I just thought that's the way it was. Yeah. But then you told me, hey, you should try this. 
And I did. And for three of the games that I bought in the last year, um, like Dead Cells, I put it in there and boom, I got like 80 coins for it or whatever it was. Um, but I put all mine in and I didn't realize, I, it doesn't even seem like I've had my Switch a year, but I guess I have because a lot of my games didn't work. Wow. I, and it just flat out told me, it said, hey, you know, th- this is, you're past the expiration point on this. Yeah. I'm curious if it's the game or if it's the install date on your system. And if it is. I'm sure it's the install. Because if that's the case, what's to stop me from getting points for your games or what's to stop me from getting points for any used game I buy? Just curious. Anywho, moving on. Unless each game is serialized. That, which it could be. That's what I'm thinking. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, after our last episode before Christmas, before I got my Switch, I mentioned how I got my 8-bit dough connected to Steam. And I was loving that and just going game crazy. Especially because, again, on Steam you can get all kinds of crazy cheap games when they're on super sale, 94% off or whatever. Right. And I will quickly go through the ones I went, I, I've been playing. Um, I bought like 20 games, but, um, I'll jump in. If I notice it, I run, I ran through and beat Sonic CD. Cause I've always wanted to play it. Okay. I think it was 24 cents or something like, wow. <laughs> so I went ahead and I've always wanted to play it. And I heard it's like one of the best. It's up there with Sonic two. And it was good. I noticed that Sonic games are easy. I don't remember them being this easy, but I don't think I lost more than the life until I got to the last level. Wow. But um, And I know you can go through and try to play to get all the emeralds and stuff, and there's a bunch of replay in there, but I just wanted to beat the game and play through it. So, done. Check. Downloaded Raiden 3 and 4. Which are great. They're great games, and they are regularly on sale for under a buck. It's hard for me to think of a Raiden game I don't like. Yeah. I like them all. I like the first one. The very first one's a little tough for me. It's a yeah. little too archaic without much in hindsight. It was one of the go-to games for yeah. me, though. I loved. I know it was cr- it. when it came when it was new. It was groundbreaking. The but looking cows back on the ground, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it had so much style. And and uh, what was the Genesis version? Uh, Raiden Trad. 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 Yep. I've got it. that right down here. Raiden Trad. I play. I I had that and uh, I played it a ton. Yeah. 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 It's fun. The Genesis one's really good. Um. So those are Tate. Those are vertical <laughs> and um. It's still hard for me to play on a on my computer just because it's a widescreen screen yeah. and I want to flip the screen. Like, I want to see everything. Um, but I would suggest definitely picking those up, even if they're full price. In fact, now I'm trying to get Raiden 5, which is on the PS4. And uh, it's regularly like under 20 bucks at this point, physical. So I want to pick that up. There's a game that will not run on my computer called Crimson, Crimson Clover. And if you like those all those stars shooting up on your Dodon Pachi, I have is, this. This is that to the 10th degree i have this on steam do you yeah, yeah. and uh because you know i don't play a lot of pc games so on yeah. steam i don't do steam a lot but i was on the fence about this a friend of mine recommended it and i was on the fence but my daughter's name's clover so i was like oh, oh, yeah, i'm yeah. gonna get it so i grabbed it it's a it's change an, your son to crimson <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing game <laughs> i'm using this more for bad jokes than anything else but um it's it it's an it's an amazing game i wonder why it won't run on yours because I have a weak old computer. It really is. It's the, I think the thing's 10 years old, and I just it's been on life support for a while. But you have a decent video card in there. I you got the video that. card. Otherwise, it wouldn't play any Steam games. Okay. It couldn't play... Uh, they made the remade the Gianna Sisters. I couldn't get like three frames a second out of that. Wow. It was really bad. It, it's a anyway. good game, though, if you ever boost your system up or you want to check it out at my house. I, I have it on my laptop. Gotcha. Uh, anyways, I downloaded a bunch of other games. There's one game I definitely want. This is my highlight of the whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And it's a game, and apparently it was made by a Russian uh, design company, 
and it's been out for like five or six years. It's called Super Cyborg, and they this is a huge love letter to Contra. Okay. And it plays. It looks. Um, the graphics are a little nicer. I mean, it's probably 16-bit plus graphics, but the gameplay is exactly like the NES Contra games, Super C and Contra. And the creativity when it comes to the bosses and the, and the things out there are just out of this world. Um, it's extremely hard, don't get me wrong, but it's like it's one of those games where you'll try a level over and over again for an hour and just, just one more time, just one more time. You kind of get a little bit farther every time, so you're definitely making progress as you memorize things or know what to look for. And uh, if you die, it's your own fault. There's one boss in particular on here. You can look this up. It's hilarious. It's like this face thing that clearly uh, has its... It's like a amoeba with a face, but it latched onto two trees that it must have yanked out of the ground. So it's <laughs> using those tree stumps as legs. Yeah. And it's walking back and forth at you, and it shoots stuff out of its mouth at you. And you dodge that. And then I guess it gets tired, and for some reason, some organ pops out of its backside. <laughs> And just hangs there for a while, and that's where you can shoot real quick until it pulls it back up, and then it does it again to come back the other way. But it's bizarre, but it is a great, great game. And I I'll think, have to look that up. I wonder if it's going to be available for Switch someday. Because I've just loved playing it's my games on Switch. pretty old at this point. Is but, it? Oh, it's so solid. I didn't know. Okay. The music, so is, the music is How much was it? NES. Like, pretty cheap? I mean, I think normally it's like six or seven bucks, but yeah, it was on sale for a buck and a half or something. Okay. Oh, so good. All right, that's my that's that my Cody's pick of the month. Yeah, <laughs> I need to get some better sound effects for some of this stuff. So go ahead and give them your money. See, you like that? Yeah. Actually, can you get your bass out? Dum 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 dum. Pink Floyd. That's some bad bass noises. Um, I celeste everyone's talking about how this was game of the year and amazing game and everything we talked about it last time yeah i was worried about it being like is it just the hype because it's some story about depression and how to overcome it and that kind of thing right i still kind of agree that that might be part of why people love it so much um i i think i'm on the last level at this point i think there's only like five levels but i think but there's so many collectibles there's these little strawberries that are hard to get you have to kind of figure out how to get them again i just want to play through the game and beat it so I've only got like 17 out of 100 strawberries. So if I want to go back and get them all, I could. But it's definitely like Super Meat Boy or the VVVVV, one of those games. Yeah. Which somebody on another podcast, I can't remember who said this, and they were they did gave credit to somebody else for this term, but I like it because it at least defines this genre of game, which needs definition. And that they called it a splatformer. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Right? I, haven't, I haven't heard that before. And so basically, this would be defined by a game. A, platformer obviously it's a platformer platformer where uh you come to for example a screen that you have to try to get past that screen and you're going to die over and over and over again but as soon as you die within a half a second you're back to the beginning of that screen again you could try again right so that you're constantly going it's hard for you to say no to just one more just one more just one more. and i i've played both vvvv i yeah. played super meat boy i've ha- played spelunky um, yeah, those are kind of all in that in that vein. Splatformer. So Splatformer. I'm gonna use that from now on. I like that. You mentioned VVVVV. Yep. Have you played the Commodore 64 VVVVV? I. It's pretty amazing. Is it? I have to check it out. I I remember it when it came out. I don't remember if I went and downloaded it. It's, it's. It's pretty much the deal. Yeah, right? the real deal. It's huh? the real deal. It's amazing. I don't know why I haven't heard more love about that. Maybe it's just that came out before the Commodore. 
internet scene was so big at this point or something. I don't know, but it's pretty cool. I'll have to check it out. So anyways, Celeste, I do like it. I am enjoying it. I don't think it was worth the 20 bucks. I don't think it's worth talking about Game of the Year. Um, it but then again, me. I've only played yeah. five levels, so maybe there's a lot more to it I don't know about. It didn't. When I saw the videos of Celeste, I didn't. it didn't seem like my cup of tea, but I wasn't going to... I mean, the art is good. What they did mm-hmm. with those few pixels is very expressive. Yeah. It's got personality. I'll give it all that. But there's okay. a lot of games. I'd rather play Super Cyborg any day. So what's Jets and Guns? Yeah, I'm going to pass that. I didn't really even play. It's another shmup, kind of with RPG elements, I guess. It's a horizontal shmup. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But I honestly, it didn't catch me. It just felt weird. Okay. Um, I'm try- I'm going to get back and uh, and give that some more time. Uh, I think we need to go ahead and crack open another beer because we've got another segment here um, that we're going to discuss a couple of a Genesis and a Super Nintendo game. But let's go ahead and pour ourselves a beer. Do you mind pouring beer into this? I don't, the dregs of our previous beer? That's It's, it's a similar-ish beer. All right, what you got there? It's a brown ale. Oak Lore Brown Ale. Oak Lore from Brown Ale. Evans Brewing Company. And this is, I think this is a local one. It's California. Oh, there's California on there. Yeah. Um, I can't. Where's Evans? My vision is too bad. It's in, can you read that? Thank heavens my Evans. I don't have my glasses. <laughs> I'm an old man. I need my readers. It's showing all kinds of stuff. They're really heavy on... But there's like an the, address in there. It's Tulare or is it... There's like an actual address. Oh, is it in Tulare? Oh. Is that what it says? I couldn't it, it read it. It says Irvine, California. Is it Irvine? They're showing, they're showing all of California and like logging and making you think this is up in the North Coast, but it's in Irvine. Is it really? Or it says Irvine, that? California on it. All right. Anyway. It looks good. Yeah. So we'll share it. Reminds me, I've been watching uh, Murder Mountain on Netflix, the... Uh, six-part miniseries show thing about um, uh, the Green Triangle up in Humboldt. All the marijuana growing up there and I the violence that happens because of it. I, I can, I've heard about violence Ooh. happening. Yeah. So that brings me another thing I saw on Netflix, Bandersnatch. Yeah, and Black I have... Mirror. I, I love Black Mirror, but I'm only through, like, season two. I've never even heard of Black Mirror. I only saw, uh, I only even yeah. turned this on because I heard there's, there's, some, a, there's a ZX programming episode. or I thought it was just a movie. No, but, the, 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 the guy, I forget his name, that makes um, Black Mirror and writes a lot of the episodes. It, it's a lot like kind of like the Twilight Zone, so you don't need to know. You can just jump into any episode. Um, anyway, we should drink this beer. Cheers. Cheers. Um, if you, you should go back and watch some episodes. It's a great series. Well, have you heard the, the catch with the Bandersnatch mm-hmm. episode? I've heard all about it. I haven't watched it yet. My wife is somewhat interested, so I'm waiting for her to want to watch it. Okay. So I forced my wife to watch it with me. Uh, so <laughs> it's about a programmer, but the cool thing about it, which yeah. if the listeners haven't heard, I'm sure everyone who's listening to this show probably has heard it's, you can only watch it on some devices. Apple TVs don't work. Right, uh, but uh, Fire Stick does, and luckily I just got a Fire Stick. Um, smart TVs, smart TVs, something yeah. with like remotes that have directionals. Yeah, PlayStation. So um, basically, it's a choose-your-own-adventure show. Right, and you get to like make a lot of choices. And there's only this or this. There's only two choices. But I, I think there's a way you can play. There's certain paths you can play all the way through, or just like a choose-your-own-adventure. There's paths that will lead you until a bad ending, and it just ends. and then they'll take you back to the last important decision where you can make take another path so I, th- I think there's multiple endings but we were just trying to get to any ending where the show actually ended and showed the credits yeah 
And it probably took a full hour and a half. I mean, it's a full length movie at that point. My wife hated it. She's like, what are we doing? What are we trying to achieve? I'm like, we're just watching a movie. What did you, did you like why it? Are they, why do they keep going back to this scene? Why do, why, I heard what there's are we a lot of, wrong? I heard there's a lot of cool retro uh, footage of oh, machines yeah. like uh, ZX Spectrum. Yep. That, I, he, he's programming on a spectrum. He's talking to this, this you know, masterful programmer that he, uh, the main character even talks to him and says, I played all your games except for the Commodore ones. I don't have a Commodore yet. Um, but he, the, the main programmer guy is in the middle of programming a game called Nosedive. Yeah, which is actually and they've actually a released a, yeah. a ZX Spectrum nosedive game. Yep. So, tell me what you think about this beer. It's a brown ale. It, it is, is brown ale. Brown and delicious. It has a bit of, of uh, a tanginess to it. I was gonna say it almost has a um, a slight sour, which is a good thing. Yep. Gives That's it, unique. It, I've never had a beer like this. It makes it a little different. I, I, I've, I've had. I just bought this for the first time a couple weeks ago, so I've gone through. Uh, four or five cans of this already but i like it a lot it's a good one i would go back to this it has a very interest for a brown it's hard for brown ales to be interesting let's just be honest yeah this i one, love brown ales but they're always good they're brown the same ales. yeah but this one has a little bit of a tanginess to it they even have babe the blue ox on the front yeah and they're from irvine california hmm i think we're either we're missing something here or they're trying to deceive us Maybe they just distribute negative out of points Ir- for Irvine. Maybe, maybe. All right, guys. Well, it is time. Battle of the Systems. <laughs> so Eric and I played a game of the same name on two different systems. Yes, we did. The game this time was... Sparkster. Which is the sequel to Rocket Knight Adventures on the Genesis, not any other system. Right. Which is interesting. It is interesting. Konami produced both games, both the Super Nintendo and the Genesis version. And I found that pretty interesting. Yeah, Because Aladdin too. wasn't made by the same people. Correct. They're two... Virgin and Capcom. Right. So and if you and want that was our, our opinion, last one. If you want our opinions on that, go back to episode six. It's yep. a good one. Um, but this time we're talking about Sparkster and, uh, do you want to take honors? Which one do you want to start with? And what do you want to talk about first here? Okay. So I, I did play the super Nintendo one more. So let's talk about the Genesis one. Okay. Hopefully you played that. Cause I, I have to admit, I didn't play. I played that early on in our month cycle. You tried not to do that. I, and I played the super Nintendo one later in the cycle. Okay. So I remember that one clear, but Genesis, let's talk about the Genesis one first. Cause that's first on our list here. Okay. Um, I'll just throw in some notes I have. The music is better okay. in this version. I like the, the music was really great in the Genesis version. Um, the, the colors were brighter. Okay. I thought the level design was better in the, in Genesis, the Genesis version. version? Okay. Um, but. Well, and I don't want to reserve, I want to, I don't, I just gave it away, but I want to, my judgment is that I actually, with all that said, I enjoyed playing the Super Nintendo one better. There we go. Review right out review, front. We're done. All right. Well, here, I have a button for the review. <laughs> it's time for a review. Eric likes the Super Nintendo Sparks are better. That's right. But anyway, I want to hear your opinions on it here. Uh, well, let's start with um, what's different about them. So. Yeah. Let me start with the Genesis. So Sparkster is a 
It's a platformer. It's a it's a it's a side scrolling platformer, but with it's kind of a got beat 'em up run and gun elements to it. Yep. Um, it's interesting. Of, yeah, it, it it is interesting. I don't know how to define it, but I will say that I you don't shoot anything. I didn't I didn't really enjoy either one of these games that much. Oh, interesting. I okay. did not have fun with either one. Oh, shoot. The Super Nintendo one I did a little bit more than Genesis, but Do you like Rocket Knight Adventures on Genesis? I never played it. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I I will say that these both of these games reminded me of Sonic quite a bit. Okay. Just they had like the very fast elements to them. Um and I don't I don't like Sonic much. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, okay. that's fair. Anyway, so in the Genesis version, uh, if you press A, you're swiping with your sword. B is your jump button. And C, and this is the key to ro- these Rocket Knight games, is you dash. Okay. It's kind of this yeah. dash where you put your sword out and you slide across the screen. If mm-hmm. you run into a surface, you'll bounce off the surface. So if you ba- dash up, you'll da- go up and down, back and forth real quick until you run out of steam. If you go at a diagonal, you'll bounce off of a wall, take a bounce diagonal off the other side, kind of like Pong style. And you can go up shoots that way. You can go. Um, that's on the Genesis version. That's all these. All both of them. Okay. Yep. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if I can fake the noise. Boop, 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 boop. Ooh, that's not bad. See, right. I'm learning this thing. Um, it has a password save. Um, and notice there's hidden wall secrets. These in are the this thing. One. This is these are similar between both. Uh, this well, I, right now I'm starting to start with uh, Genesis. Okay, here. okay. Hidden wall secrets, uh, very much like Sonic, actually, where you just kind of walk through a wall and there's a missing chunk, and you just go behind there, and all of a sudden you find a one up somewhere. Yep. Um. Uh, if you get ten gems, then there's this little uh, jackpot system that I'll random power up. It's not even a power up. It, a random thing will fall from the sky, which is weird, and you have to catch it. Otherwise, it disappears. It could be a one-up, but it could also be a bomb that's bad for you. <laughs> it could also be a, a red gem, which is worth 10 gems, points or something. Um, and I noted it definitely had a Sonic feel. Actually, I put it on there. Uh, but it felt to me more like the later levels of Sonic. So like well, a normal Sonic game, the Green Hill Zone is usually the first zone. Right. And you can fly all over the place and jump until you hit spikes and catch some rings and keep going. It's fast. This game felt like it wanted to be fast. But the way the level design was very much like, I'm going to say, um, Sonic 2 chem- uh, Chemical Station, mm-hmm. where you'll go fast for a little bit and it instantly hits something and kind of have to do a technical section. Yeah. It's like technical sections all the way through. Green Zone has a lot of loops. So it yeah. just has this thing that you're always in motion, a lot of momentum. And that, and from what I remember from the Genesis one, it's just... It was it's, tactical. It, like you yeah. wanted to go fast and you felt restrained the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, so you also got... Uh, apples which could heal a um a point of health um and then of course the little skull and crossbones which damaged you um this game again it's all about hitting those angles and trying to collect things up as you do these dashes up things or attack enemies with uh oh you can also press down and dash and you'll spin i don't know if you caught that or i not. did not catch that so you'll spin kind of like sonic spins when he's getting ready to, right. to jump except for sonic one uh these are both konami in 1994 which is interesting because for whatever reason, the Genesis version, and this is not on the NES, uh, Super NES at all, it starts with a giant robot fight. Right. <laughs> That's what I noticed. Yeah. It's weird. So yeah. I'm not sure exactly how you do or don't. You can either watch a video and then press start and skip the robot fight. So I played this twice. One time I was just, I watched the robot fight and, and then ended. Like you jump into a mech and fight. The other time I was actually, you actually had to do the fight. 
So I don't know what initiates that or what doesn't. And the fight was monotonous and boring for like two minutes. Yeah, I just I I thought it was just a cutscene. I thought I was just bypassing it. Yeah. I didn't know you could even fight it. Yeah, you could you physically actually fight in the robot suit. Okay. But it's not fun. It is not fun. <laughs> it's not um fun. yeah, it's just anyways. Okay. Um I couldn't. I had to look up online how to get past the first level because I got to a point where it looked like I was just at a wall. I couldn't figure out how to get through the wall. Right. And it turned out I just had to dash in a certain point, but it didn't seem obvious to me. I don't know why. Um, there's this mid boss in the first letter level, which was like the cylinder that had these sections on it, six different sections. Did you do you remember that part? Or, I do. And these random screws would show up, and th- I thought this was kind of clever. And you had to get on this pad. And get yourself in line with one of those screws when they made themselves available to you and then dash into them, which would make it unscrew. And you basically had to unscrew all six cylinders. Problem was, after you beat this guy, you go a little bit further and there's another one and then uh, another one. Which added to that whole feeling of like, I'm constantly trying to get through weird technical sections. Not, right. So I, I wasn't a fan. Um, eventually you get past there and you get to the jungle so in the first, the first sparks, or the first uh, Rocket Knight game is a classic. Um, I'd love for you to try it and see if you like the first one because I loved the first one. Okay, it's uh, good. I, I want to try it out. I think in the past I've loaded it up and kind of tinkered with it a few seconds and then just went on. Um, but I, I've never played it, so. Um, this one did not feel like that to me. Okay, which is weird. So you're a possum, by the way. Rocket Knight is a possum in armor. He's a nice <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> But you almost, at the whole first level, you never got to do any possum stuff. Like, I don't know, hang from your tail. Hang from your which tail. Which is a big part of the game. Which is part of the Super Nintendo one. Yep. So there was, in the second level, there were some some little rails and stuff. But you really didn't, you kind of just slid down them. And they were really hard to deal with. Um, the second boss was this tree face in the side of the screen who had arms. And his arms would come at you. And it was kind of hard to figure out how to do it. Again, I had to go online to figure out how to do it. You pretty much had to hide in this one corner, wait for its arms to come at you, jump over them, and then attack its face. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I must not have gotten this far because I don't remember this part at all. Yeah, no, I made sure I got about halfway through the game. Um, there was a, the next boss was actually kind of cool. There's these little critters that are holding trampolines, kind of like old school firemen style, which I'm sure was not a real thing, by the <laughs> <Right>. way. <laughs> um, and so they're constantly catching you and this boss as you're bouncing around and you're trying to attack the boss while he's throwing bombs at you and they're bouncing all over the place. That one is actually really fun. And then you make it to this train. Um, the train was kind of cool. Um, anyways, I, I don't remember the train that well. That's pretty much where I gave up on it. Yeah. Super Nintendo version. The possum hanging was in full effect here. It was. You and could climb trees. Had, the first very first level is climbing those trees kind of learning the ropes on how mm-hmm. to hang on to things grabbing the um those are diamonds aren't they i think they're apples are those apples i think they're apples okay no red gems red, gems. red gems they're red gems yeah and this is different. that's what i thought yeah. and this one's damn uh, different because in this one you don't do 10 and get that lottery thing you get 100 gems you get a life which is like the first game and it's like sonic yep um I definitely noticed this one. It was a lot more open, so you're able to was able to play faster, mm-hmm. which is to me a lot more fun. Um, there's a lot more combat. There is. Um, the cool thing about this one is your sword slash was actually useful because mm-hmm. uh, when you slashed your sword, it would actually throw a little sword out in front of you. Right. Um, I don't know, a third of the way across the screen, so a lot more distance, and you could actually use that to attack things. Um, 
I would say the Genesis one was almost kind of, you had to be kind of pixel perfect on things because you're limited swing and a couple of the other things. This one you could kind of fly all over the place and attack things and go kind of nuts. Um, yeah, there was a little more room to breathe. Yeah, Especially well, with the, you remember when you get that conveyor belt part where there's, uh, you can hang by your tail and go across those bars and then there's the robot that are kind of sectional robots that come out and... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking yep. about? And you had to figure out a way to hit those without... Yeah, see, it was a cool part. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, that, see, that I, I don't know. I just like the Super Nintendo one better, so I guess I played that one more. Yeah, no, that's going to happen. more recent. And um, I, 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 I liked it. Again, it reminded me so much of Sonic. I just kind of... I don't uh, know, if, I, know if I'd ever go back to it. You're comparing to a game you don't like. Don't right. just leave Sonic out of this. <laughs> Um, yeah, you get to this machine level where there's rollers. That one became kind of difficult because if you try to go too fast, you'd end up in a roller and it would flatten you. Right. And so there was a lot more character in this one because you'd actually get flattened and kind of do that float to the ground thing, the cartoon <laughs> thing. Um, it sounds kind of like yeah. like that. Yes. Um, there's also a part where, I don't know if you got this far, um, you're, you end up riding on this mechanical bird that's running. And the bird, when you fire, can shoot beams out of its mouth. It got pretty crazy. It almost felt like a treasure game, like a Gunstar Heroes or a Dynamite Heady or something. Yeah. Um, but you can jump out of the bird and, and uh, attack things with your normal attacks, which is kind of funny because if you remember, um, like, Super Ninja, uh, Super Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or, sorry, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles across the pond, um, there was that level where you were riding surfboards. Yeah. But no matter where you jumped and, like, attacked, your surfboard would just follow you magically. Yep. It was like that. This bird will catch you no matter what you do. Oh. Um, and then you make it to the submarine and the submarine was really cool because again, there's just a lot of personality in this too. Not only was the gameplay better, there's just more personality. You're in the submarine and you actually hit these barracks. Um, I'm going to say the submarine, it might even be a train. It's probably a train kind of like the Genesis one, but you hit these barracks where these guys are sleeping on, on bunk beds. And as you like pass them, they wake up and start attacking you. So you mm. can attack them while they sleep, but then the ones next to them hear it and wake up and start attacking you and stuff. Um, I actually really like the Super Nintendo one. Okay. Yeah, I think if I played it a little more, I, I I probably would get a little more appreciation for it. I think it. if you would have started with that one, you wouldn't have made the negative comparisons to I Sonic think you're right. that you did with the Genesis one. I think you're right. That being said, the Super Nintendo one plays much more like Rocket Knight 1, the, the original one. And, and that's, that's on Genesis. And that is on the Genesis, and that's, in my opinion, the best one of the three. Okay. I'm gonna, I, I, I am honestly going to load that up because I... I have I've heard very good things about it. You know, yeah, about this. It's about, a it's a classic. Yeah, and Sparkster, it's and it's only like ten bucks if you actually buy a real copy. Okay. Whereas uh, I think I put it in my list, or didn't I? With a no, I did. I do it. I didn't do Genesis games yet. Not yet. Well, that's going in the list. Spoiler alert. <laughs> cool. So you would you'd give the nod com- over to the Super Nintendo? Version. Yeah, Super Nintendo by far. And I would too. From the Genesis one looked great. They just, I don't know if they tried to do too much. I mean. I don't know if you remember the music, but I, I, I paid a lot of attention to the music for some reason. Um, and the music... you were the, bored with the gameplay? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. That could, that could be it. <laughs> the Genesis version it had amazing music. I thought it was really cool. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Right on. Um, let's, def- let's define the term ro- roguelike real okay. quick. I wish I would have done a little more research into this, but I this is going to be my opinion. Yeah. I want you to start. Go ahead and start. Okay. And, and don't... don't Well, do what you got to do. So this is from me playing roguelike games. Um, and you're saying roguelike. Roguelike L-I-K-E. games. Yeah, because, and well, it, we, we should talk about what it comes f- 
from, which is Rogue Games, right? And did you ever play Rogue? So I have no, I never have. And that's okay. part of what I researched while trying to figure this definition out. Yeah. So, and, and listen, it's been years, probably more than a decade since I've played Rogue. Um, Rogue, the Rogue game is turn-based. So you have a guy and you, that usually represents a little man. He moves one square and then all the monsters in the room move one square. Okay. Okay. So you're moving one square makes everything else happen. Yep. Um, so that to me is, is really the core element of, of rogue. Okay. It's turn-based. You are making other things happen by you making your move. You find treasure items, swords, upgrade, gold, whatever, and then you do combat with whatever's in the room. And the strategy is that you don't want to run towards three guys in one corner of a room. You want to kind of lure them one at a time so that you, you know, it, you, it's, a, it's a more fair fight. So that's, a, that's rogue. So when yeah. you talk about a roguelike, it takes elements of that. And I would assume that's, yeah, if you're saying it's roguelike, it's going to mm-hmm. be like rogue. Right. And game. rogue, rogue, you don't have lives either. You don't have three lives. Because what I'm worried, what I think has happened here is that probably started and that was probably, because that game was what, 1980? Oh, it's probably, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It was all ASCII graphics. It was right, characters. Yeah, it probably was around 1980. I remember Epics took, I don't know if they took rogue or they first started rogue. But Epics came out with a game called Rogue, and that's pretty much what it was. And then another game called Gateway to Apshai came out. Oh yeah, and that I mean the was... sequel wasn't called Roguelike, Going Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was no. not. Um, I so... need to get more sounds. <laughs> <laughs> can you shift button on those so that you can have like even more? I can use the whole board. Oh, okay, cool. I got room. Um. So a roguelike just steals elements of that. So yeah. if it's, first of all, another thing with rogue is that it was permadeath. Once, you, you once your one guy died, it was over. So like. So I think you actually, your, your definition is accurate to what I think a roguelike definition should be. Okay. That being said, one of the key games nowadays, and I've looked at lots of different websites that they consider to be a roguelike, a definition of a roguelike is Spelunky. Well, yeah, and Spelunky, you just return. You, you do it's it it is permadeath, but you you just it just puts you back to the beginning right away. So, I'll give you two definitions I found. Here's Wikipedia's right, which in theory is a bunch of people putting this to aggregate together, right? Right. Roguelike is a subgenre of role playing video game characterized by a dungeon crawl. Spelunky, it's not really a dungeon crawl. It's uh, a platform. It's, I mean, it's yeah. It's a two-dimensional platforming dungeon yeah. crawl. <laughs> yeah. Through procedurally generated tile uh, levels. Yes. Okay. Turn-based gameplay. No. Tile-based yeah. graphics. No. And permanent death. Yes. So it's half of those. Okay. I I, I would argue a little bit about tile-based. Just because of the perspective doesn't mean that they're, they're not tiles. I mean... Well, everything's tiles in the old... Yeah. They're just reused tiles. So, but, but, but you're right. I, I mean, now here's another <clears throat> website called Rogue Basin, who obviously is very into the game Rogue because it's called mm-hmm. Rogue Basin. A roguelike is usually described as a free, for some reason, turn based computer game 
with a strong focus on intricate gameplay and replayability, and an abstract world presentation using ASCII-based display, as opposed to 3D graphics. And then of course it says, of course, with any genre there are deviations from the norm. And then I saw another definition that somebody actually went as far as, and this was a guy who does, who was, wrote a book on what a roguelike uh, design, how to do roguelike design. Okay. And he listed like 12 things, but he mentioned turn-based, he mentioned procedurally generated, he mentioned tile-based, permadeath, and dungeon crawler. So, so, yeah. So if you call your game roguelike, I think as long as you steal one of those elements... Or probably two of those elements. So to me, that's basically the only thing this leaves out is like an open world action game. Everything else is a roguelike game at that point. They can you can pull one of those elements from every game. And I and I don't know if that's that, necessarily not true. So then, what's the point of the definition? And then I looked up what's roguelite. It's like oh, roguelite would be like a roguelike, but only with some elements. But roguelike already is some elements. So That's the right. point when you're roguelite, you're just what one? Yeah, because the, the, like let I know. So it's a dungeon crawler. Therefore, uh, Doom is a roguelite. Yeah, some people <laughs> some people tried to explain Dead Cells on on the, the game that I'm really enjoying on Switch. They tried to explain it by being like a Metroidvania that is has roguelike elements. I just this. Mm. I think roguelike is a good term for games that are like the game Rogue, and that should stay there. But do they have to be exactly like the game Rogue? Because if that were the case, they'd all be the same. I don't think going from a top-down dungeon crawler turn-based to a 2D platformer live-action has anything to do with either, except for the fact that it's procedurally generated. Hmm. And permadeath. Why don't we just call them permadeath games? Or procedurally generated... I mean, that, there's a game, a uh, shmup called Sterendin I download. Actually, I hate it, to be honest with you. A lot of people love it. Right. But it's a procedurally generated game. That's why it bugs me. Is I, I want to memorize it and get better at it. And it's just, nope, you get to take whatever we throw at you and that's it. So the game lasts like three minutes. Hmm. I'm like, hey, I don't really want to play again. Yeah. Anyways. Because see, Dead Cells steals, like, one thing that they, they talk about in the game is that when you die and you go back to the beginning, the levels are kind of the same, mm-hmm. but there's little tiny, like, oh, there's a tunnel there and there wasn't one there before. There's a door in this place and it wasn't there before. The levels look similar. So you're like, oh, this is kind of familiar. Some things are always in the same spot, but they're just tiny little differences in the world. Um, and it makes it really interesting because you never know what you're going to get. Um, it just, just a lot. I mean, it it does take three, maybe three of those elements of a rogue. Yeah. See, that should be a rogue light. Then I'm fine with that sure. term. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with rogue light. I think the the human condition is to define and categorize categorize everything everything, everything in its box in and complain you gotta about ex- it. You got to explain it to someone. I mean, I'm trying to explain Dead Cells to you, and I'm not doing a very good job. I'm not selling it well, but it's an amazing game. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that one up. Yeah. Anyways, I think my general taste for what modern day gamers call a roguelite or roguelike mm-hmm. is a negative one to be honest i'm not a fan of uh procedurally generated primarily like i want uh, that's why i love metroidvanias it's like everything was put there specifically you like them the same on purpose so yeah. you have to go do this and then you come back and do this you have to figure it out the rules rather than just game. like hey we made yeah. an algorithm so we don't have to do a bunch of work and you get to play with whatever it shows you but they Enjoy. some would say that doesn't contribute to uh, replayability 
I've got games. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, there are a lot of games, but I mean, yep. if you love a game, I know it's my personal opinion. Obviously, it's yeah. I'm sure people love them, and so that's, and that's fine. It's just for me, I've got plenty of games to play through. I don't need to. Yeah. Cool beans. Um, we had a high score competition. We did. We played Flight of Pigarus on the Sega Master System, which if you haven't tried it, awesome little free-to-download game. Um, we, were, we were supposed to do just the five-minute mode, but people started sending in two-minute scores. Um, and I, that was probably my fault. I announced that people could send in either one. Well, that's yeah, fine. People, people, people actually, I think we got a few more two-minute modes than we did five-minute modes, but let's go ahead and uh, mention maybe our top three from each here. Okay. And see a uh, winner. So I'll go ahead and mention two minute mode. Okay. In third place. And we did this on Twitter. This is entirely on Twitter. This was it. That's, that's so if you want to be part of our competitions, which I think we should keep going with these, um, hopefully we'll Twitter. get more and more people to do it. Well, I actually said people could email their scores and no one did. Oh, okay. But I said, so email and Twitter, you know, we're screenshot. not on Facebook. So yeah, just send a screenshot via email. It's good to go. Sounds good. Uh, so for the two minute mode, third place. Believe it or not, yours... It's me! You're, you're, I'm just going to say, you're tr- that means, yours truly would mean me. Uh, Eric. It's me! At the Project. It's-a me, Eric! It's-a me! With 15,850 points. Guess you came in second. It's-a me, Cody! That's right. <laughs> 19,570 points. And Fuberticus. <laughs> Did I say that right? Fuberticus. At Fuberticus. Fuberticus. 24,970. It's pretty impressive. He smited us. That's a pretty impressive score. Most of the scores here actually are right around your score, Eric, right around that 15,000 mark. Yeah. I just got lucky and got 400 more points than Sanction. What about the uh, five? What's our top three for our five minute mode here? Yeah. So, number one. Not you, is, I'll tell you that much. Not me. I'm at the, I'm You're taking, dead last. I am dead last. My score's similar to my two minute mode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It is. Yeah, it is. We gave you three uh, more minutes and you only added a few thousand points. That's right. So, number three is Gakagami. Go Gaka. Yep. And uh, who's been a longtime friend of mine on Twitter. Um, number two is you. Hey. Oddball. Yep. 49. And it's at 63,740. And number one is Freakin' Frankie. Freakin' Frankie. At 75,220 points. Was that always Freakin' Frankie or was it Freaky Frankie? It's Freakin' Frankie. It's Wait, freakin fr- it's Freakin' Frankie, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. Yeah, it's Freakin' Frankie. Well, well done, sir. Hopefully you'll participate in our next one. We'll announce that competition at the end of the episode here, so stay tuned! Eric Tate! For my segment this month, I am going to discuss the PlayStation Classic. I know we've discussed that quite a bit on the show already, but I've had several weeks now to tinker with it, and I wanted to give my thoughts about it up till now. There have been some uh, um, things that have happened that have, I think, made the system better, but I did want to... I guess give a voice to some counterpoints to the criticism that's out there. And if you're anywhere on the internet, you know that there is a ton, a torrent, a tsunami of criticism about the PlayStation 1. And I don't think it's wholly deserved. 
Um, some of the criticism is warranted. Uh, I think the games they selected to put on there after playing them now for a while are a bit lackluster. Uh, there are a couple great games on there, like Mr. Driller. But for the most part, a lot of the titles just aren't that great. Um, another criticism, I think, is legitimate is the price. I think it came out, it was too expensive. It should have started out in the $60 range, I think. Um, nowadays, the prices on it are, the price on it is slashed quite a bit. You can find deals on it now, but when it was released, I think it was too expensive. Um, some of the questionable criticisms I think are, is the quality of the emulator. Um, I haven't had a lot of problems with the games that are built in. Um, especially after the, the hacks that we'll talk about soon with BleemSync, you can go in and change the region. You can, you can basically tinker a few with a few of the settings to make it better, but even out of the box, it wasn't unplayable by any means. Um, I think a lot of the criticism comes from purists that want it to behave exactly like the PlayStation 1. And they, I think, unfairly compare it to the Super Nintendo and the, or the Super Nintendo uh, Mini and, and the Nintendo Mini. Um, those emulators, those systems run on emulators, obviously. And though that, those two genres of, or I should say generations of video games, they were easier to emulate. Um, and they've been done by so many emulators, people have them down now. The programmers, I don't think it's fair to try and take a system from this generation, which is a much harder generation to emulate, and expect perfection. I think that if you're a casual game player and you enjoy the PlayStation games, that this is a fine device to play those games and it's so convenient. It's small. The The actual device itself is very attractive, looks just like a PlayStation 1. The buttons are functional. It comes with two controllers. The controllers are pretty decent. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really do believe that... I think there are things that are legitimately in bounds to criticize... Um, I do think with the introduction of the hacks that are out now, especially Bleem Sync, which I'll go into in a minute, um, you can now put whatever games you want on it for the most part, um, which I will go into the f four, first 14 games I've put on mine in a second. I'll just briefly talk about each one of them. Um, but overall... With that, with the hack, this is a pretty nice system. I have it on a TV. Uh, it's not in my game room. It's downstairs so that it's it's basically on the big screen with HDMI. Um, it tucks away and hides nicely behind the TV when I'm not using it. Um, I can pop it out and play it. All the games are there. I don't have to go looking for discs. Um, the games, for the most part, play very well. In fact, I, I haven't found a game yet that doesn't play well. I found games that don't play at all. Um, and that I'm sure is an incompatibility, incompatibility with the emulator. But the games that do play on it, I haven't had any issues with. Um, and any, so once I, so my history with the PlayStation is I actually got a PlayStation. So I, I had a, got a Super Nintendo 
that was the first console I paid with my own money. I bought it myself. Um, I didn't have a lot of money and the PlayStation was the next console that I got. And I was still in the same situation. Didn't have a lot of money, did save up and get the PlayStation. But in my whole life with the PlayStation back in the day, I probably only owned, I don't know, maybe seven or eight games total, maybe 10. Um, I don't remember them all exactly. I do remember a few, which I put on the system. Um, it, it, the it, the the games are a lot of fun and really this is the point of the console was to kind of revisit the nostalgia behind the PlayStation 1 if you didn't have a PlayStation 1 now nowadays like you just haven't gotten around to going and getting an old one again and you want to just quickly jump into some games this is a great little system um i will say my experience with this PlayStation Classic was very much enhanced by hacking it. And it's not, God, it's, it's even hard to really even call this a hack. You put some software on a USB thumb drive, you plug it into the player two port, and, <clears throat> excuse me, you, you boot off of it and that is it. You, you then, so you, have to arrange directories on the thumb drive in a specific way. They're basically uh, numeric directories like one, two, three, four. And within those will be a directory called game data. You build that and then you drop in your PlayStation ISOs. And then there is now a file that is on, um, it included with BleemSync that you run and it will go out and even fetch the art for you. Art, the data, the... The, the title, the number of players, the the um, the company that made the game, it will go out and find all those. And it's I think out of the fourteen games I put on there, it just had it only had trouble with just one title. I think that's pretty phenomenal. It's so BleemSync really is a simple and easy hack to add however many games you want. And then when you're done, if you want to go back to the original games, you just pull the USB thumb drive out reboot and the, all the original games are there so you, you're not losing anything and you're gaining the ability to play any game you want blame sync also has some menus where you can tinker with some of the settings uh such as game states um ntsc or pal uh things of that nature which can improve games that you load but i haven't really had to tinker with that much it, the game's just tend to play pretty well out of the box um, or on the USB drive. So anyway, I want to go real quickly through the 14, first 14 games I put on here. Um, the first one is Twisted Metal 2. And I put that on there because this is my all-time favorite game on the system. It's also one of the best games on the system, in my opinion. Uh, they put Twisted Metal 1 on, um, on the uh, games that ship with this. And uh, I was kind of disappointed and let down by that because I really wanted Twisted Metal 2. Uh, an amazing game if you haven't played it. The next one is Crash Bandicoot. Uh, I never played this back in the day, and I have a lot of friends uh, that rave about this game, so I wanted to see what it's about. I've played it a little bit. I really do like it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the next one is Driver. Uh, I 
um, had this game back in the day. And the funny thing is I really don't like playing the missions on this. I really just like going into the free drive and just driving around and trying to get the cops to chase me and see how long I can stay alive. Next one is uh, Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater 4. I put this on here, but I did not have this back in the day. I heard great things about it, so I want to give it a shot. Next one is Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, I did not have this back in the day, but I did buy it for my real PlayStation 1 a few years back. And I play it, and I really do love it. Next one I put on was X-Men versus Street Fighter. This is a great fighting title on the PlayStation 1. Next one is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. This one is a game that I hope that in the few, coming few months, um, I, I've never beaten this game, but I really do want to try. Um, and the games uh, save, the game state saves are going to help me out quite a bit on this since I... The last attempts I've made at trying to beat this game uh, were thwarted by the save states being in the game being so far apart. I'd be halfway through a level, but had to go somewhere and I couldn't save the game and had to start over again. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun trying to get through this with the game state saves. Next one is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. I did have this back in the day, played it a ton solo, played it a ton with friends, uh, the soundtrack is awesome. Uh, this is probably my second favorite game on the PlayStation. Next one is Parappa the Rapper. Never played this one, but heard great things, so I want to give it a shot. Next one is Suikoden 2. Uh, it's an RPG. I uh, heard a podcast uh, maybe a few months ago about this, and they were raving about it. Um, I've never played it, but I want to give it a try. Next one is Einhander. Einhander is a uh, basically a um, horizontal shoot 'em up. Uh, I never played this game, but heard it was great, so I want to give it a shot. Uh, next one I got put on here is the Street Fighter II collection. I did have this back in the day, and it has three great Street Fighter II um, versions. Next one, uh, then this one is. Is pretty great to me. It is Crash Team Racing. And why this is great to me is that I did not have this back in the day, but I learned about it. And it is kind of a clunky polygonal racer, kind of like a Super Mario Kart, but it plays really well. Um, it, it, you know, I don't think it, um, I don't know. It doesn't show very well these days because, you know, these were the early days of, of um, getting into polygonal games. But it it I've played maybe, I don't know, I've raced maybe four or five different races on it so far, and it's a lot of fun. Great game. Um, and the last one is Street Fighter Alpha 3. When Street Fighter Alpha, the Alpha series came out, I wasn't a huge fan. But once I got this one on the PlayStation, um, I did get a deep appreciation for the Alpha series and Alpha 3 is my favorite. Anyhow, those are just a quick list of what I actually added to my PlayStation Classic. I hope that you do um, uh, think about if you haven't made a purchase and haven't gotten one of these that I do believe that it is worth getting, especially if you use BleemSync to hack it. Anyhow, um, thanks for listening and I will see you on our next month's show. Welcome to Cody's Big Review! Cody spent days thoroughly playing this title and wants to give you the full, unadulterated truth. 
This week's title was Star Fox 2. So tell us, Cody, how good is it? Yeah, not so much. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year, and welcome to the January edition of Cody's Corner, where I get to talk about whatever I darn well feel like. Um, I was thinking a lot about, um, you know, some of the old game designs and uh, compared to some of the new game design mentalities, um, because I've been playing a lot of indie games, especially since I got um, my controller working with Steam and my my Nintendo Switch for Christmas. Um, and I've noticed um, I, I love old games. There's a ton of old games that I haven't gotten to. Um, but after playing a whole bunch of indie games in a row, I've noticed that there's a little part of me that's like, oh, I have to go back and, and play that for the show. For example, in this show, we played uh, Sparkster, which was fun and I don't regret a second of it. Um, but it just got me thinking about like, what is it about uh, playing old games that um, that we prefer over these new games? And also, what is it about the new games that we go, ah, they've definitely improved on the old games um, I guess quality of life enhancements, really, right? Um, so I just wanted to run these down really quick, things I've been thinking about, and uh, kind of touch on them. So uh, with the with the pros for the old game design, um, most of us have heard these a lot, so I'll go over them again pretty quick. But the first obvious one is just having a, a game cartridge um, with quick load times. Of course, you plug in your cartridge, you turn on the system, you get, um, you know, a... Uh, owned by Nintendo, you know, licensed under Nintendo of America or whatever, you get an acclaim screen or whatever, and then you get a game and you're playing your game. Um, that is something that uh, AAA titles, of course, have a hard time with as we, first of all, have to patch our game because it's updated since the manufacturer even printed the game, you know, only days before in theory, right? And um, so, of course, we all appreciate the old games for that, you know, plug in a game and, and quick load time. Um but with the indie titles, they're starting to rectify that, and a lot of these games are actually even quicker than, than the, some of the old games. Um, they've chosen to make that design choice where you turn on a game, there's literally a screen with a button that says start, you click it, and you're playing, you know, Flappy Bird or something. Um, and uh, so that's an interesting thing, that that kind of has come full circle, again, with regards to indie games rather than your, your large um, AAA games. Um, but... I also noticed um, the the old games definitely had a huge emphasis on gameplay. Um, eventually, graphics became more and more important as time went on, and some games definitely suffered gameplay-wise because they were so worried about their graphics. I mean, I loved games like um, Jumpman or um, uh, Manic Miner. Um, these games were it's such a simple... Uh, the graphics set is just so simple... And if you looked at it, you would never be like, ah, oh, I need to play that game until you actually start putting your hands on it and feeling the tight controls. And you realize, oh, there's a lot of gameplay in here. And it's um, there's a lot to do and a lot to get better at. And uh, I think that is something that's lost on modern games is actually becoming proficient at the game. Um, you know, in times past, they always say old game difficulty or NES difficulty, right? And here in America, NES difficulty, uh, games like Castlevania or Ninja Gaiden or whatever. Um 
but that it was an actual challenge. I mean, here's your game. You press start. There's no difficulty settings. There's the game and you, and you play the game, and you stink at it really bad, and you get better and better. And there is there's a risk, uh, not a risk reward, but there's definitely a, a fulfilling, a satisfaction to getting better. The reward is just the euphoria of, man, I finally beat the, you know, the bat boss. That's not too difficult, but even when you beat that, you feel like you've accomplished something because you had to figure it out. You had to go at it again and again. Um, and there's something to that. Now, I think that's lost on modern games, and I don't think it's necessarily the game's fault. I think it's the modern mentality of people, including myself. When I play a newer game, I will admit I do love the feeling of progressing through a game and beating things. And when things start to get difficult, you know, they have power-ups and they have things you can RPG elements. You can power up and get stronger and make the game easier so that hard part gets easier. And when you finish it, you just you don't have the same sense of euphoria, the same uh, satisfaction for completing something. Um, but you do get that satisfaction, if you want to call it, from, you know, finding an, a new item or uh, looting something or getting three stars out of, you know, you can finish a small level and you can get one, two or three stars. And um, just the whole thing has kind of changed. And you can always go back when you're more powered up and get those three stars. So a lot of that difficulty has been taken out of the game, I think. So it's more accessible for more people to feel like they're completing something or accomplishing something. Um, so I don't th think it's a pro or a con, but it's definitely something I've noticed that you don't have to, you just don't have to be as good at most of these games. Um, so I, I think it's funny because now game nowadays with indie games becoming more and more uh, available or more and more prevalent, there's definitely been a push. And uh, anytime the game is you know kind of difficult or actually has some takes some strategy or some um, practice to get through something, they of course throw the uh, Souls like difficulty tag on it, right? From Dark Souls, which is funny because it's basically saying hey we're not going to hand you this game you actually have to get better and beat something um i don't think they need to call it souls like i think they can just say it is a challenging game it is a game where you have to uh practice and get better and and it's fulfilling um just a, a you know an interesting note um the couch co-op thing is something we all loved you know, in the with the consoles, because there was no alternative. Um, systems came with, uh, you know, usually two controllers that's out of the box, which is long and gone. Everything comes with one now. And uh, couch co-op was kind of just part of the mentality back then. Um, you know, if you got a system, you and your brother or sister could play a game, or you'd have friends over, you'd play games, and uh, you'd make some kind of tiered thing where all right you play this level and i play this level or if there's two people they play together and whoever loses the third person can hop in and they get the next controller and there's just something so fun and engaging about that and it's become an afterthought um because everything's online and it's these massive open worlds and um just that the interaction is completely different and of course you know we don't even have to get into all the uh, uh aggression and cussing at people while you're playing games um which is a whole nother thing but just having your buddy there on the couch next to you and you get frustrated you just get to punch him in the shoulder real quick and then he punches you back and you move on um but that's it's gone uh of course being kind of revitalized with some of these indie games um and i think of course it's going to be easier for kids to get together and do these things after school but as an adult i want that again so that's why my uh, upcoming birthday here i'm going to be trying to set up a uh, multiplayer game night 
where I just have a bunch of my buddies come over and play some old games. Um, I think that's going to be really, really fun. I, I hope that there's a bigger push for that. Again, with the Switch, they kind of built that in, which is neat, with the uh, two Joy-Cons that you can pull apart and, and do that kind of a thing. Um, unlike the commercials, I don't think I'm going to go take it to a party on top of a hotel and start busting out some Mario Kart, but um, maybe I'll do that downstairs while watching a Super Bowl or something. Who knows? Um, and the other thing about old games that, again, is um, not nearly as alive and well as it used to be is just the fact that these systems had constraints. They had technical limitations. Um, if you listen to our, I want to say it was episode three or something like that, we tried to define retro. And my definition, essentially, uh, is when this, when the gameplay that you're trying to create is hampered by the limitation of the system, I call that retro. And uh, anything past that is kind of modern, like these systems, the PlayStation, uh, really the PlayStation, eh, PlayStation 2 and up. Um, you know, any type of game you, you could want, you could kind of create on there, um, regardless of viewpoint or, um, I don't know how to get more technical than that. But the creativity came from these restraints, and they'd be like, all right, so we've got this set to work with. We can do um, this much... Um, as far as this many sprites and this, so you'd build a game based around that and you get these kind of bizarre concepts or you get these creative ways of putting a game together that really created something better than here's a blank canvas with millions of colors go and people can create whatever they want and you just kind of naturally create the same stuff. And I'm looking at you, AAA, um, uh, AAA games out there. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been trying to get myself to go back and play Horizon um, it's a good game. It's got great reviews and it's fun uh, in small doses for me. But sitting there for 40 or 60 hours or whatever it's going to take to do that, basically the same things over and over again. There's story elements and things there to keep interesting. But um, I, I don't know. It just doesn't grab me the same way a, a messenger or a um, trying to think of some more modern indie games that I've been playing like Hollow Knight or a uh, even a tactical game like Into the Breach. Um, so I just think that's something that's uh, that's nice to see. Things like the uh, Pico 8, where it's an extremely limited limited uh, software package. Um, you know, these are software limitations they've created to create this creativity. Sorry to say that word three times in a row. But that creates some really cool stuff. So I think that's important. Um Modern gay indie titles, I think we've become accustomed to a lot of these things that are really um, nice to have, and it's hard to go back, So they, especially with these new indie titles. So when I play a game like The Messenger, which is like old school Ninja Gaiden, it has the feel and everything, it's non-linear. I can make choices, I can go different places, I can backtrack, they kind of add some Metroidvania elements to it. And just being able to play those parts of the game over again and having a reason to do so... You know, you're not driven to do that naturally anymore. Uh, when we were kids, we didn't mind playing through the first five levels over and over and over again to get to the part we can't beat because that's all you had. But nowadays, um, you know, unless we have these things like these uh, platformers, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, where you're at a part, you're trying to beat it over and over and over again, then when you die, you instantly pop back to that part again. Um, our, just, our attention pans, span is too small. Um, our time is too short especially as adults and kids, you know, the millennials and below here, 
Um, they're just not used to, hey, why would I play this first level all the way over again, over and over and over again? I mean, I think they're going to have a hard time playing an old game like Ninja Gaiden or, or other classic games. Now, that's why I always appreciated Mega Man is they kind of gave you the illusion of choice. It was choice, but you can pick which boss to play in which order. There was kind of a set order, <clears throat> but um, that's what's one thing I always loved about Mega Man games. They were very replayable, and uh, I just loved playing those. Also, some of the um, alternate modes you get nowadays, unlockables, things like that just make me want to dig into a game. The gameplay can be simple, but if it's linear like that and I don't have trophies to go for or, um, uh, again, alternate modes you can unlock like a boss rush or other things to try to beat, other um, challenges that are set for you and you can kind of check off boxes. There's something about that in modern day indie titles that just uh, really resonates with me and I think a lot of people... Um, and that's something very cool I like about the modern indie scene. Um, we kind of already mentioned the sense of progression. Um, <clears throat> being able to get somewhere in a game, stop it, have the device go into standby mode, and we turn back on, you're still there. Uh, or just constant save states happening in the background where you're kind of consuming this game rather than just playing it, turn it off. You know, as kids, we'd leave the Nintendo one, leave the red light on and try to cover it with something so our parents didn't see it and turn it off because we didn't want to have to do all that work over again. That um, that's, that's something that's just modern-day convenience. It's much nicer. And, of course, the fact that uh, just the world we live in now, the more adults playing games and things like that, although you can definitely say a game like uh, Mar uh, Mario with the, the red overalls and the plumber who's bouncing around in a kingdom full of mushrooms and turtles and stuff, there is a kind of a, a hallucinogenic adult uh, version of that to be, to be uh, thought about, I suppose. Um... But just one of these other things that the indie games are doing, just, again, creating games, gameplay from the past and just making them uh, newer and fresher and putting a twist on things, mashups. I'm loving games. There's a game I'm playing right now on on Steam called Wizorb, and it is an Arkanoid uh, game. Um, but, of course, you know, people put power-ups in Arkanoid games where you're... Uh, shooting fireballs and you have so much magic power in this game that you use for special abilities, but you lose it and you can gain it. You can get extra lives. Um, but then they throw that whole thing into an RPG style where you're walking around worlds and trying to repair this town. Um, and then when you go out of the town to these different uh, places in the area, you're, you're battling creatures and stuff in this Arkanoid style and just mashing these things together. And again, keeping that sense of progression where if I finish uh, that portion of the game and come back to town, I can shut my computer off, come back a month later, and I've already progressed to that point. Because I think we're just a consumer society. We like to consume things. And playing the same game over and over again uh, just doesn't have the draw that it uh, it used to. Other mashups, I, um, you know, there's shmups out now. I want to say like Jets and Guns or a lot of these other games where you've got shmups that you go out there and you well, fight on a level and shoot things and collect money and you go back to a shop and you permanently add things to your your ship and you get better, bigger and better. Uh, Skyforce Reloaded or Skyforce Anniversary, they're two kind of different flavors of the same game engine. I highly recommend those because they're exactly that. They're these games that have this, you know, you start with this pea shooter and you're shooting things and collecting guys. And again, there's trophies, there's um, things to collect. There's these kind of RPG build-up elements to it. But ultimately, you're always in the gameplay and always playing a shmup, but with a different focus in mind. Like this run through, you know, I, I 
uh, my magnets build up. So I'm going to try to collect all the gold this run. So I'm not going to worry about um, necessarily getting hit a lot or I'm not going to worry about killing every enemy. But next time I do the run through, I'm going to I'm going to fill up on lasers to make sure to, I kill every enemy. I don't want to let anybody go, um, but I'm going to skip trying to save the, the men at the bottom of the screen. Um, just different ways to play the same game engines. And I just think that is something that's really a boon to uh, the indie world out there, which I don't know, of, you know, economically what portion of uh, games at this point uh, financially are bringing in money from the indies versus the triple A's. But um, almost everything I'm buying at this point has been an indie game. Uh, and that might be a down downside or a positive. I don't know. I know these large games are having trouble making money at 60 bucks a pop. And uh, I have a hard time paying more than 20 bucks for a game. If it's a game that I really like and I want a physical copy of it, I'll pay maybe 30. But that's kind of my cutoff point at this point. Um, I just think there's so many games out there at a great price. And I'm hoping that developers themselves are getting a good cut of that money uh, so they can keep making good stuff, make a living doing what they love and helping us gamers who aren't program savvy get what we love, which is these these amazing titles. Um, there is definitely a lot to love about uh, old games, collecting games, nostalgia. I know a lot of people live uh, off nostalgia in this hobby. I personally... Uh, enjoy nostalgia as well. Um, I love what these old games are. I love what they did. Um, but I also like to see what new people are doing with these concepts and ideas um, from the games that we absolutely loved when we were younger. So yeah, I think we're on a good, uh, we're on a good thing here with, with all the modern indie games. Uh, retro lives on more now than it feels like ever before. Um, so I would encourage you to enjoy the, the old games, but uh, don't don't ignore the fact that there's, I mean, let's be honest, better new games coming out with retro gameplay. I mean, they're retro influenced, right? They are retro, uh, what's the term we'd like to use around here? Retro inspired uh, games. And there's just so much out there to choose from. So get out there, grab a few indie titles, listen to the show and hear what we find that we love. And uh, yeah, keep it retro. <laughs> So the first news item, again, this is news to us, not necessarily you guys, but news to me. Um, I did a little research into looking into a TI-99-4A, just because I love the, uh, that's a computer, for those who don't know, an old, um, was that, that's around Commodore era. That's uh, Yeah, it was in there. 1980, I think it first came out. They were in the competition. It was pretty much Commodore, Atari, Texas Instruments. Okay. Not the Coco 2? Not the, uh, yeah, Texas Instruments was a little bigger than the Coco, huh? It was at the time. Okay. Yeah, I okay. knew a lot more people that had Texas Instruments than than the Coco. Well, I'm not sure how long ago this happened. This again might be old news, but I started looking into them, and apparently, what happened recently is there was a previous. It was at an Ace uh, Hardware store. Yeah, which is you know it was a locally owned franchise chain, if you want to call it that, in America here. Um, that they found out this guy used to, or was getting ready to sell computers, or just, I don't know what happened exactly, but they recently found he had a warehouse full of old new in box TI-99 stuff. I didn't hear about this. So if you go on eBay and type in TI-99-4A, you will see tons of new in uh software packages for educators, for musicians, for 
um, all kinds of brand new in box games, new in box uh, speech modules. Yeah. And the stuff apparently is going for dirt cheap. Unfortunately, I was looking at it because I heard on another podcast that they were just picking up new in boxes TI 99s for like 50 bucks. Brand new. That's cool. That, that's you know I had to buy four of them used to Frankenstein one together oh, that really? actually worked. So, oh shoot! So they're not very uh, hardy. There were parts that just weren't very good, like, like the keyboard membrane. Like that's the, that was the kicker for me. I, I couldn't find one where the whole keyboard worked. Gotcha. Finally, I I put them all together and got one working one. Okay. Even then, it doesn't look great. It's it's kind of scuffed up and here mm. and there, but. Well, that's, that's the main reason I want one. I was like, dude, for 50 bucks, even though I already have a Commodore and a Coco and I realistically wouldn't use this that much, it's this, like, it looks metal. I think you told me it's not. It's plastic, but... It's stainless steel on the outside. It is. It actually is. And it actually oh, okay. is, yes. Because it, it's yep. just this really cool looking, it looks like it's from the 70s, stainless steel, like, at the mm-hmm. time, probably looked futuristic. And if I could open that new in box and just, like, I know all the dumb stuff, like the smell of what would come out of that box, like old 1980s air... <laughs> Um, and, and honestly, I use my TI more than my Coco. Yeah. There's a lot more games for it. There's a lot more people working on peripherals. Yeah, apparently like there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. there's, all, uh, there's a thing called the Tippy that is amazing. It's a disk drive emulator, but also has Ethernet. Um, you can connect it to the Internet. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff with it. That's cool. So anyways, I wanted to pick one up, and I'm still looking into it, but I'd love to um, I'd love to find a new unbox computer and be able to open it and just go, ah. Yeah, crack open a fresh new computer. Speaking of cracking open fresh new things, oh yeah, we have another beer here. Now I I was lazy and I didn't actually go buy any beer for the episode, so this is just my stock standard Negramadello. But there it is in the bottle. We had to open something. I'll open yours here. Thank you. I don't know if you've ever opened a beer with a railroad tie before, but <laughs> I have not. There you go. All right. We don't need to taste test that one. It's Negramadello. It's yeah. delicious and it's everyday and it's smooth and mellow this next one i am very excited about i literally just found out about this and it's super cool have you heard of this um it's a new pinball device that they are beta testing right now it's Mm-mm. called the scorpy nope haven't heard of it is it scorpy that's what it says yeah i think it's scorpy. on your list no scorpion scorpion that makes more sense all right it looks like scorpion without the o the second o yeah uh but it's a score, like score and pin for pinball machines. So okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I have it written down here wrong. But this device is super cool and I'm very excited about it. So as you know, or I've talked about on the show, there's all these different eras of pinball. But basically everything from the 1979 pinball machines up have been, they started what they, with what they call early, early solid states, which is, you know, basic motherboards. Right. Uh, which are really good to start on because you can solder big chunky bits and stuff. And then they worked their way up to um, uh, the the late kind of 80s games, um, which they uh, called alphanumeric pins because they had a couple of displays on them that a lot, a lot of times would have numbers or alphabet. Then they had DMDs, which were full um, dot matrix displays where they had videos and pictures, things going on, all the way up to modern pins. And what this device is going to do, in theory, and they're going to make one for each system, so I'm sure there's probably 20 different versions of this thing, but they're basically going to leach into the computer and allow you to um, have a sign-on for like a website or a mobile phone app. And as you play pinball on location, that ha- if they have the score pin, it will basically be able to do networking through 
phones and devices and have worldwide leaderboards and allow you to do tournaments mobily, digitally, straight yeah. from the machines themselves. It'll allow operators to, for example, they use this example, which is really cool. Let's say Wednesday nights aren't doing really well for pinball or even for, for alcohol or whatever. So maybe they have a have a have it set up where the guy's at his house watching TV goes up. Oh, it's a uh, it's a uh, five o'clock. Let's set up happy hour for Wednesday, and all the pins go free or something. Like you can change that the the, the parameters on the fly with this phone now. Oh wow, that's pretty amazing. So is it only for pinball? I'm not a pinball expert by any means. I know you know a lot more about it. Is it only for ones that have digital scorekeeping? Because I know some of the ones I played at the Pinball Hall of Fame were almost like the car odometers. Electromechanical. Like, yeah. Is, yeah, so those are, like when I said solid state and up. Okay, so, so yeah, and that's what that means, Electromechanical right? is typically 1979 and behind. Okay. It's so kind the rest of a hard were, cutoff. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. So yeah, those, they don't have any, yeah. I would, there wouldn't be any way to... There is no digital scoring. It was all analog, yeah. So Okay. But I'm excited for that. I think that's really cool and it could change things. I think it would be cool. I hope that like like it, what happens sometimes is that they, these things get ruined by people that hack those things. So is there a way to jump into your pinball and like tweak the score so that you have yeah. inflated hacked scores? I hope that doesn't happen. I hope there's some means to prevent that from happening. Hey, if Sony can't keep, keep people out of their classic. <laughs> right. Those dirty hackers. Yeah, I hope not. Um, this is random. This is uh, almost catching up stuff, but okay. I was playing some C64 games, and a small game called Digioli, Digioli mm-hmm. was released. Now, maybe you can shine more light on this, but they were talking about pesky art and how this is a pesky art game. I, okay, so I didn't recognize this name, okay. but I've, I've seen that game. Have you played it? Or I, I have not it played it. I've seen YouTube videos of it being played, and it looks awesome. It I looks really it. chunky and cool. And it doesn't look like a Commodore game, and it's playing on a Commodore. So there, I guess there's some different... Uh, is, I don't know if it's some kind of weird backwards way of programming the game, or if it's a different No, so what that mode. is... So, you know, the way that the NES and the Commodore 64, the way you program those is you program sprites. Uh-huh. And you know what sprites are. They're just like a grid of pixels that move together yep. in a way. You can animate sprites by just superimposing a flipping through different types of sprites. Yeah, the flip book. All Petsky is, is you know how you've heard of ASCII, right? Mm-hmm. Petsky is the Commodore version of ASCII. It's special characters that like the letter A, let's say you take the letter A, it's ASCII A, right? Mm-hmm. Commodore just created this whole different character set that is associated with those letters. Like A has two different Petsky symbols that are related to A. It might be like a little symbol like that, or it might be like that. I'm just doing little hand signals. Mm-hmm. Petsky are predefined characters that aren't letters or numbers or symbols. They're just these shapes shapes if you look look at your commodore mm-hmm. the petsky characters are oh, yeah, the ones yeah. on the side of the key you see what i'm talking about yeah if you hold control down and hit that it's going to print that petsky if you hold alt down or whatever whatever the shift key is so instead of doing sprites this just uses the built-in character set of petsky and they look amazing yeah it, I mean, this game does apparently 
they've so, done pesky games before and they don't look great. Yeah, so but this was like what this, a Commodore can do this and it's super smooth and. So let me give you an example of Petsky in a game I know you've played, Space Taxi. Yeah, uses, I can see that. Uses sprites for the taxi, but it uses Petsky for the level. Okay, and I can see that. Yeah, so those are just Petsky characters. Yeah, I, what what I think is cool about this is when I was a kid learning like the Commodore sixty four and I had my programmer's Nerds. manual out. I'm sitting here typing programs out of it and then like writing my own games. I'd always write games with Petsky backgrounds and, and with sprites. So I got very familiar with the Petsky and how to make them different colors. And, and it's just, it's a neat thing. That's very unique to the, to the Commodore. Well, I just know they did a great job. This thing looked amazing. Yeah. Played pretty well. Arcade one up cabinets. Yep. Everyone's got opinions on that. There's a huge rift in that community, right? Which I hate. Why? Why be a, have a rift? If people want to make subpar arcade cabinets. Let them. Let people who enjoy them enjoy them. If I you, want to enjoy one. Yeah. If you don't want them, don't buy them. Yeah, that's easy. Um, and I, I don't mind criticism of them, like if the parts are cheap or something like that. Like there was a guy on uh, Twitter, one of my friends named, um, I think it was Paradroid who said this. He got the one that has the trackball and the the dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the... Yep, that's the one I would like. And he said he loves it, and his family loves it. They love playing the games. But he did say that the rotate rotator knob, whatever that's called, mm-hmm. he said it just... If, Dialer. It feels wrong. Something's not right, at least from his memories from the arcade. Well, I remember the arcade ones, they had a big, huge, you know, and they, machined piece of metal, <laughs> and I'm sure this thing was a plastic with metallic correct and, and it just didn't feel right because obviously you're going to have to make those very sturdy for a real arcade machine yep. that's going to get thousands of people playing it but for home it's going to be fine he didn't he wasn't really criticizing it he was just mentioning that it didn't it it didn't have a good clicky feel to it when you're spinning it around gotcha um with that said he said he loves the system i mean yeah. why wouldn't you i mean i think they're great little shapes yeah well since we last talked they came out with the 12 in one yeah unit Mm-hmm. And then they just had, I think, CES, the big expo, and I think they released some more games. So right. they're not planning on stopping anytime soon. Which is odd to me because they're getting blown out, and you can see stacks of them still at Fry's or I whatever. I would love to find them. I keep hearing they're supposed to get blown out, but I've never seen one in our area getting blown out. In California, they're all full price, or I think they went down to 250 But you've heard that. I've heard that, but I want to find it because I, I, I'll just be up front. Just kind of like the PlayStation Classic, I have a price point I'll buy at, and I'm not going to buy above two hundred dollars. If I see that thing for one fifty, I'm going to think. I'm not going to say long and hard about that. I think medium and hard about that. Yeah. If I see that thing for a hundred bucks, it's in my car. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, that's I, th- it. I would do that. I think I would do that too. But for the same reason with the PlayStation Classic, I'm not going to leave it stuck. I'm going to. Yeah. Play with it, and the well, fact that there's a pre-built arcade machine that looks good. Yeah, and I'd find a way to make sure that the paint doesn't wear off, and probably yeah. replace some of the controls because I have real arcade controls that feel better. So, anyways, yeah. Um, some more remakes coming out. We talked about how they're remaking games, and I don't. I'm not a huge fan of ports, but to those who like them, great. But remakes are cool, and uh, I heard Panzer Dragoon One and Two is supposed to be coming out in a compilation soon. You're not a fan, I know, but. I love those games, and that to see them, they're, the hard, worst thing about those games is the graphics are that early polygonal, hard to tell what's going on, right? Unless it's in movement. So to see those things HD upgraded, uh, that'd be a great. 
I, I want to try these again. I mean, I really don't. I would play suggest m- you try try two. Start with two. Okay, because I don't play my Sega Saturn enough at all, and I really want to try to get some love for some of the older Sega Saturn games that I just didn't really click with me at first. Yeah. Well, and you probably didn't. I, we talked about this. It probably didn't click because you were just shooting everything, mm-hmm. tapping the button over and over again. And the whole point of the game is to do the lock on mechanism, kind of like on. Uh, uh, oh, I'm totally blanking on the name like layer section in those games where you hold yeah. down the button and you cross a bunch of things and you let go and it blows them all up at once. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So I'm going to revisit It becomes these. really fun. So you say two is the one to go to first. For you, I'd start with two. One's got a, it's a little more difficult because they don't allow you to keep continuing. Okay. Um, another one, Vasara Collection coming out on the Switch. I've never heard of that. What that is, is that? a vertical shooter uh, uh, series of games. Okay. So more vertical shooters on the shmup. That would be awesome on the switch. To so, use with the flip grip. Flip grip. Let's go. I want to get some more of these. Um, Outrun has come out in the switch, and people are clamoring for that. I I won't be buying because you and I kind of talked about it. We the game is fun, but I'm not going to go buy it again. It's fun, and I have it on like 12 different things. Yep. I have it on Commodore 64. So you don't Amiga. want another port, Eric? Right. Well, sometimes things get ported to death, and that's one of them. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not going to buy that. And what is the price on that? Wasn't it like seven ninety nine? Yeah, it was like yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. For me, the big thing for these old games, mm-hmm. uh, if if I loved them I'll, and I really want to buy them and play them on the go, I will do that. A game like this, uh, for me, one of the big things is there's no progression. For right. it, it's an arcade game. It's an arcade game, which. It's, I have it on my arcade bar top yep. at home, so it's like... Uh, oh. For me, if there was... Even if you took a game I don't love, but then created some kind of progression, like, all right, first you have to get this, and then you, and then you can unlock this, and then you can go for the second thing, or or they put in a campaign. Do something where I can feel right. like I'm moving forward, then I'll it instantly adds two points. Of, you know, if the, this was a 5 out of 10, now it's a 7 out of 10. The only thing that would get me excited about OutRun is if someone gave me an arcade cabinet with the steering wheel on it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But then that would be unique. I'd be like, hey, I'm, this is something. You would love that until a month later you're like, I don't play the game and it takes up my entire garage. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this next item is the Ultimate 64, which we talked about. You potentially, this could be a big game solver for playing PAL NTSC games. Yeah, if that thing was 100 bucks, 150 bucks, I'd have it now. Right. But shipped to America, converted, whatever. It's like 320 or something. I can't do that hmm. for that. Um, there is a, I don't, I'm not on Facebook and never will be, but I have a couple of friends that are, and they've seen Gideon is the guy who created the ultimate 64. Yeah. Yeah. He has videos of now of right now, like my ultimate 64, it's pal only. You, you can't switch to NTSC yeah. right now. He has shown in the video that there is software selection where you can switch between NTSC and PAL on the fly. Yeah. So basically, you could start up a game, and if it doesn't look right, you could just go into the menu and say, I'm switching to NTSC. It'd be cool if they had some hotkeys or something they could do. And maybe he will do that. It, again, this is very, like, you know, he's still working working yeah. the bugs out. So if I did that, if if that happens, that's 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 awesome. But the and then the only last thing is that the user port on the Commodore sixty four, the one on the left side where modems plug in, if I guess that is all pinned out on the motherboard, but there is no way to bring that out to the case. Oh, so okay. if that comes out and I can actually plug Wi Fi modems in there and stuff, it it'll be like a 
That'll be your go-to machine. That's my daily. That's will be my daily driver. And the rest of them can go back in a box. Well, it'll they'll go in the garage probably in a yeah, bin. Yeah. Um, but it'll be uh, I'll have NTSC PAL cartridge port. There's an Ethernet thing on there. I mean, it, it, the real SID chips are in it. Uh, and on mine, I have both versions of the SID chip. Do you have you have to supply your own SID chip, or do they? So there is an emulated one on the board. So you don't have to have one, but there are sockets for both the the what is it 6580 and the 8521. Can or you tell like the that. difference, Eric? I can't. I never was able to. But some people can. Apparently. Some people are very finicky about it. I have both, and I they popped are, them in there. They are very cool. I do love the SID sound, but yeah, it's hard for me to understand how that. I mean, it's still digital, right? Can't you re- no. create that? It's not. It's analog. Chip, it's There's analog. An- thing? It's it's analog. Yeah. Um, they. I, I I do want to take that back. You there are like you can go to YouTube and see differences in certain songs. Sid Sid, you know, compositions. Mm-hmm. They'll point out differences, and you can hear the differences. It's like one's more fuzzy than the but other. You have one. to hear them next to each other. You have to thing. hear them next to each other, and like frankly, when I'm playing a game, I'm not so zoned into the music that I'm really going to notice the subtleties of it. I, that um, sit chip can put out some bass too. Oh, it can. <laughs> Every it, game made amazing. after like 95. <laughs> 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 yes. Welcome to Cody's dance party. You got to hit a little button there, man. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that. I just have my you uh, have the dance party button. What button? I just have my, this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, some more retro-inspired remakes. Toe Jam and Earl, Back in the Groove, is coming out on Switch. Okay. I never got into that series. Not my jam either, but it's cool that more old games are coming forth. Yep. Uh, Shovel Knight, King of Cards, is coming out. Is that a whole separate, or is it a DLC for the old one? So, what they, they're calling, they call this the, the Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. Okay. And I believe there's four total games. So, like you, you um, or like you, I think I bought the 3DS version of the Shovel Knight. Yep. And it came with basically the first game. That's it's it. Called Shovel Knight. Yep. And then they released two other ones, and this will be the fourth. Oh wow! And they're basically all tied to the first one. You have to have the first one. They're like expansions, but they're full games. The thing about them is, I've played a little bit of the second one, which was I can't remember the guy. You play as one of the enemies from the first game. Okay. But it's a completely different move set. So like obviously the the system and everything is the um that game engine's the same, but your moves are completely different, so it com- feels completely different. Okay. And I just didn't dig the way that guy felt. But I'd I like, I, I would like to try the first these. one. Yeah, and his move set was just great. The knight himself was great. Yeah. So I think the last one and then this most recent one um I'd like to give a try cuz it's a great game. And if I can click with that move, the move set of those two characters, um, that's basically like two more shovel knights. Okay. Three more, obviously, but the second again, that second guy just didn't click. Um, I'm gonna jump down one here. Katamari reroll. We just talked about Katamari Damacy. Yeah. So Katamari reroll came out on the Switch, and uh, those are games I was, I've never actually sat down and tried to play through one, but I've heard they're great fun. And having it on the Switch would be really cool. I have vague memories of a friend of mine having that on his PlayStation and going over there and playing it and enjoying it. I, yeah. I don't think I ever owned it myself, but 
I remember thinking this is very unique and pretty cool. I don't know what you start as, but you basically are as a, a ball of some sort and you're just rolling over random things and getting bigger and bigger. And so you start out rolling over like chickens and stuff. And things stick to you and yeah. you get bigger and bigger. And I, I, it looked like a very neat concept. And I, I just have very vague memories of it. It looks, it looked cool. I always hear great things about yeah. it. So unfortunately, what I heard about this one, first of all, it's 30 bucks uh. and you can get, um, which is, you know, like a full price game and it's basically apparently a direct port of the old game the, the, i didn't the hear very, that the very first one okay why they call it re-roll they're redoing the first game just with higher definition graphics or whatever and, and again i've only heard one review so don't take this take this with a grain of salt right so but what i heard is it's pretty much exactly the first game up but like they didn't add any options or anything it's just literally the first game like even the menus look the same that's weird i think even like um some of the dates and stuff they put on there weren't even changed. Like it's just the first game. All right. And for 30 bucks, I don't expect that. Right. Well, that's, I can, I can, if I can make a guess, that's going to drop pretty quick. Yeah. There you go. I don't see too many people really grabbing that at 30 bucks. I'd be surprised. Yeah. But I'll pick, I mean, I'd pick up a physical of that for 20. Yeah. Um, I downloaded a copy of this on steam, but it's also coming out on the switch. It's called battle princess Madeline. It's kind of a weird name, by the way. Have you heard of this one at all? Nope. And that's on Switch? It's on. It's coming out on Switch. Okay. I'm sure other stuff, but it's coming out on Steam. I downloaded a, a preview copy on Steam. I've never heard of it. Really? I'm excited about it. What is this? So imagine a, a new version gameplay is like Ghosts and Goblins. Um, okay. But you play through the level, but you can go... You can actually, in this one, you can go backwards and forwards in the level. Yeah. There's se- other secrets in the level. And then once you beat the level... Instead of just progressing to the next one, right, you go to like a Mario 3 style overworld map where there's different paths to take and you go to different places and unlock different things. So <laughs> it's almost like a mix between a Mario game and Ghosts and Goblins. Wow. Is it as tough as Ghosts and Goblins? And it, the, the levels I played are not as tough. Okay, good. Because that I mean, game... There's, I lo- enough, there's enough toughness in it. I mean, you yeah. definitely have that thing where you kind of have to pace yourself and you want to just tear through the level, but you got to sit there and constantly attack the enemies and stuff. But no, it's definitely much more manageable. Yeah. At least the, the demo I played. I love Ghost and Goblins. And I do remember, um, like, a, the Commodore 64 version of Ghost and Goblins is really great. I don't know if yeah. you ever played that. It's one of the shining stars on the 64. Well, they, they but, did a, re-ver- a redid version, which right? is even better. Which is even better. That game, like, you really just have to go through it, die, go through it, die, go through it, die, and memorize every... It's, it's like a Splatformer-like. Almost. <laughs> not quite as gruesome it's platformer like but without the platforming you really have to memorize everything in the game yeah so this is much more forgiving but it's got the same art style the, the feel of that weapon i love the feel that's such a satisfying throwing the spears and yeah stuff. and you get different power up it's it looked super cool i'm si- I'm excited about that one right on i'm gonna check that out i'm gonna put my little triangles next to that in now my this list. this next next one came out of nowhere and i am Beyond excited about trying this. I don't know. Have you heard of Killer Queen? No. So this became a craze, like an underground arcade craze. So this guy who was really into making it, I actually did a lot of research on this back in, you know, a little while ago. A guy, he was really into making like, like games, um, how, what, like, like games you'd play on a playground. Like yeah. Coming up with games like school teachers would have their kids play. Okay. And I guess he made a bunch of these kind of games, and he came up with this game called, I don't know, don't quote me on this, but something to the effect he came up with this game called like Killer Queen. And 
you'd have certain uh, people wearing different color clothing and these guys can do this act and these people can do this and there's different ways to win and you're trying to manage all these things at once and I don't think he ever actually had anyone play this game physically but then he's like well what if I just made an arcade game like that yeah and so he actually put together and they only put together like 20 of these at first and they started they sold instantly and if you actually see one of these things in arcade I guess there's always a group of people around it it's almost got like a, again, it's underground, it's much smaller, but it's almost got like a Smash Brothers type fever to it where if you go into an arcade that has one of these things, there's like a line and like teams will show up and it's like, um, it's it's nuts because you basically have a, a, a arcade machine that has eight screens on it and eight control uh, panels. So one team is all on one side, kind of like a, a Ninja Turtles cabinet Yeah. Uh, on one side and then the opposite side of the machine is the other team. And everyone's looking at the same thing, but you're sitting there trying to like strategize together and do things while the other team's doing the same thing back to you. But it's like this 2D one screen game and people are going nuts for it. Huh. So when I saw this, I looked it up. I've I'm never like, even heard of it. Yeah. And when I looked, saw this, I looked it up. I'm like, is this actually that game? And sure enough, it is. It's Killer Queen Black. It's an intense multiplayer action strategy platformer for up to eight players. But is that it's coming to the home? And they're, uh, I forget what what I saw, but yeah, they're releasing it. Um, Do you, you don't remember what platform? I think it was probably just Steam originally. Oh, okay. But mm. they're releasing it, and I've been wanting to try that for a couple of years now, just because I heard how nuts it gets. I've seen some footage of There's like, teams. Uh, yeah, like Japanese arcades. They have a lot of games that are, you know, six, eight player ones with screens and yeah. I think that would be amazing. I think that's the one thing that I think could bring back arcades like in full swing. Well, it's funny because you look at this game and it's like a single screen game with like, I'm not going to say just way behind the times 2D graphics, but the gameplay is just supposed to be intense and crazy. I've never even heard of this. It's bizarre. Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. Do they have like, I wonder if there's YouTube videos of gameplay and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. I'll check it out. Um, I talked about this one before. Wargroove, another reason I wanted to buy a Switch. Yeah. It's getting closer. They released a video for it. And this, again, is that game. It's kind of like Advanced Wars. It's like a modern Advanced Wars. So, but upgraded for a current generation. I want to check that out because I, when you... I, we're, we're on the triangles now. That's I noticed, right. I noticed the bars and the boxes are gone. Now we're on the triangles. That's right. Your interest scale. I, uh, I, when I read this on your list, I was like, I thought you were talking about Warframe, mm-hmm. which... I downloaded on Switch and was kind of disappointed in. Warframe. Have you Warframe? Hey, I don't know what that is. It's like this free to play game you download and then oh, everything's okay. kind of DLC and it's it Yeah. I I I I downloaded this thing it took an hour to download cuz it's big. I played it for about 10 and minutes. Switch does download very slow. It they, does. They've got like a limit on their bandwidth. They all their download servers are Commodore 64s. Oh, okay. that's what I heard. But with um, the, with the memory <laughs> expansion? Or? Well, yeah. But, um, but so I'm glad to hear that this is different. This isn't the same thing. No, it's, it looks so cool. You have to see a video and the video just gets you psyched. Okay. And that is coming out on switch. Yep. Wargroove. All right. I think it's a Nintendo exclusive. Yeah. All right. I'm sure if we looked it up, it probably has some ties to advance wars and Famicom wars before that. That would be amazing to have that kind of game on a Switch that's portable. Have yep. you used your Switch portable yet? That's all I use. I've never plugged it. Oh, I plugged it in once to my TV. Oh, really? I only play portable. Okay. That's my portable system. My PlayStation 4 is my 
Okay. At this point, so my Switch will be my Mario slash indie system. My PlayStation 4 will be my AAA game system. Pretty okay. much at this point. I'm embarrassed to say that I undocked my Switch and I was playing Horizon Chase Turbo. Yeah. And I was playing it, and it's a great way to play it mobile, like yeah. not docked. But in between in between races, there's like these uh, text pops in there that's upgrade text. Oh, okay. It was too small for me ah. to read. I had to get my readers out like an old man to like <laughs> read what the what, what the screen actually said. Well, you know what all the kids are getting these days are trifocals. Maybe you should look into that. I know. I got to do something like that. But um, <laughs> I play my Switch more docked than undocked. Really? Okay. But the flip grip is changing that. So I'm playing a lot more pinball, a lot more shooters like I- Ikaruga. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll undock and play those, but I don't play mine undocked much. That's why I want the switch. And that's why I love it. I keep forgetting I can plug it in to be honest. Cause I, I love playing dead cells up on the big screen. Like yeah. just, it, I love it. Cool. You got to get a pro controller too. Yeah. Well, know. if I, if I play more docked, I would, but yeah. Okay. Um, couple of uh, ZX, ZX spectrum next games to mention power blade. We talked about this last time. Yep. It's getting closer, and it looks amazing. I'm excited about that. Uh, but Attic Attack, which is a classic British mm-hmm. game, isometric platformer. So I will tell you that when I first got my ZX Spectrum, my 128K Plus 2, the the real one yeah. I imported in, Attic Attack was one of the first games I played. Yeah. And I did a walkthrough. I have to admit I did a little cheat walkthrough because that one has a lot of rooms and stuff. Yeah. Um, I played it till I got stuck and then I watched the videos, but I actually got through on that game. I, I, really? I pretty much beat it. Yeah. Oh, cool. So they're making a, if you want to call it a remake for it. Okay. For the like Spectrum Like with updated Next. graphics. So basically by going to the Spectrum Next, they're allowed to use sprites. I'm not sure if they are using sprites, but basically, you know, instead of having that pure black background and color clash, yeah. everything actually looks like it should <clears throat> and overlays things. Okay. And I think they're even adding a shadow where you're, because it's an isometric game. It's hard to tell where the heck you are. Yeah. So the shadow's there to help you keep an eye out on what you're doing. So it should be a whole bunch of quality of life upgrades, and it looks awesome. Um, and the Amiga, the Amiga's getting a bunch of games. Yeah. Um, I don't have very many listed here. The one I see is Cuba 1898, which is a um. I never heard of that one. The game being developed by a company called Iron Gate, a little side scrolling run and gun. It looked like, but. Um, there's a number of Amiga games coming out because I always see Commodore, Commodore, um, see a bunch of Spectrum, and the Amigas are few and far between. But I want to say there's like five like legit full length games coming out. Yeah, that's cool. I when I was listening to Amigos podcast, they were talking about some games, but this wasn't one of them. So I'm gonna check that out. Yep, just again. I know like, Tiger Claw. Tiger Claw came out recently for the Amiga. Yep, well, but that's kind of an upgraded port of the Commodore one that right. came out a yep. year ago. Power Glove, I think, is out on the Amiga. Yep. Um, kind of same idea. There was another one, but I don't remember what it is. That but one we anyway. talked about last time with the bananas, cocoa bananas, or something like that. I, I need to go back and look at that one. There's a yeah. bunch. There's actually a bunch of games coming out. It's pretty cool. Hey, which brings me to my neck. Oh yes. Yeah. I just wanted to. Eric is digging into his bag of fun here. Oh, look at that. A I sec- wanted to throw this to you because I didn't know if you ever seen a real Amiga, Amiga six hundred. I've never seen a real. Keep in mind, I haven't ever seen an Amiga 500 except for mine, right? Or, or an Amiga 1200 except for yours. That's yeah. how that's how alienated we are in the Amiga world over here in America. But, but look how cute that one is. It's cute, except did somebody pee on the keyboard? It's just old. <laughs> that is some. There's some uh, discoloration on those keyboards here. Believe it or not, I cleaned that quite a bit when yeah. I received it. It's clean. It's just this uh, is. 
beyond sunworn or whatever you want to what want to call it. This is beyond cool. This is the form factor. So what he's looking at is an Amiga 600. I recently got uh, a friend of mine from Switzerland actually sent that, even though it is a, if you look at the keyboard. I'm looking for the umlaut. There they are. It is a German keyboard layout. So there's keys with umlauts over. There's the Z and the X are transposed. Do you see that? Oh, like, yeah. See how it's a QWERTY, but it's not. It's quartz. Quartz. And the Z and the Y in the corner. Um, but besides that, it is actually a fully functional Amiga 600. I'm keeping this one pretty original. Like I'm keeping the floppy Gosh, drive cool. in it. Um, I did not get an accelerator for it and I don't plan on it. I have a one megabyte trapdoor memory upgrade and I have a 9.5 megabyte upgrade that fits over the processor. Like it snaps onto the processor. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Um, Want to compare this to the size of the 500? <laughs> the 500 is huge. Look at that. It's ridiculous. So when I when I ha when I actually put that on my desk at home underneath my PVM, it kind of looks like an integrated system because it's the same color same as my PVM. The, oh, the yeah, the yellow. Well, the, the case actually looks pretty good. The keys themselves, like I said, they look like a. They're just worn. Yeah, they're, they're that fire. Like a man, like a man used it in a tent under his or for his pillow for a few weeks. Yeah, the the fire retardant that they used didn't UV right. That's what we'll call it. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so that's one of my show and tell things. All Maybe right. It was, it, it was a good segue. Segue into uh, oh well yeah from the mega yeah. Um, we mentioned the the 2018 game of the year contest going on from Indie Retro News. Well, actually, it wasn't Indie Retro News. It was uh, was it the future was Ape? No, who did that? We talked about it last time. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I mentioned I it last time. Anyways, there was a uh, kind of a game of the year, Commodore game of the year, because there were so many good releases. And they had like 18 games, something like that, up for up for nomination. And at least Indie Retro News came up with their choice for, for game of the year, and their, their winner was Steel Ranger. Okay, which I've heard of. Which I do, yeah, I've been meaning to go buy. It's about, it's five bucks on itch.io. It's from Cyton, Cytronic. Okay. And uh, they, I mean, they published the majority of the um yeah i buy know, stuff commercial all the time i just i bought one in our but one of our uh good 64 c64 games which is coming up oh yeah yeah i bought yeah, yeah. one of those recently but anyway go ahead i just wanted to mention that's who they picked so steel ranger um that's our, a platformer right uh, yeah yeah platformer gunner yeah yeah shooter okay looks pretty cool um I, if it's one game of the year out of that many games, I'm willing to throw down five bucks and give it a shot. I really wanted to actually go ahead and drop money and buy every single game and try them out. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm an adult. I'm a grown-ass man. I don't right. have time for that. Was it RGCD? Yes. That was who's doing that. I think. They usually yeah. do a competition. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't them. It wasn't them? Okay. We mentioned it last. That Vintage is the New Old. I okay. think that's who it was. Anyways. Um Blazing Chrome is coming out as another game, and since I've been playing that uh, Contra-like game, uh, Super Cyborg, this is another Contra-like game. Okay. And it looks graphically even more, still keeping that 16-bit that vibe, but graphically more impressive and involved even than Super Cyborg. Okay. So I'm very excited about that. It looks awesome. But it's out on everything, Xbox, Switch. Yep. All the big names. Um, I don't know if I saw Switch on there, but hopefully, because that's what I would buy it on. Yeah. Um, game called Gibbous came out. 
This is a funny little side story. The only reason I know Gibbous is um, a phase of the moon. Hmm. I didn't a gibbous know that. moon. There's, you know, waxing and waning. Well, yep. gibbous is one specific form of the moon. I know that because I was at Boy Scout camp. <laughs> we went to astronomy to get a badge. Yeah. Because secretly, I don't. I hated Boy Scouts, and my dad told me he wanted me to go. And my yeah. mom secretly said, "Don't tell your father." But if you go to Boy Scout camp, I'll give you a pack of magic cards for every badge you earn. So I earned me some badge. Wow. I made a basket and got basket weaving badge. I probably would have taken that deal too. <laughs> I wanted magic cards. I got like nine packs of magic cards. My dad's like, you only need to get six merit badges to to complete camp. And you got nine? That's right. Yep. You're yes, an overachiever. An overachiever. So anyways, I was in astro- astronomy class, whatever it was. And, yeah. And we were, I mean, it's at night. It's literally like midnight and we're like all half asleep. And I don't know why, but... The guy was sitting there talking around a campfire, talking to us about different phases of the moon with like a sketchboard and stuff. And in my half awake state, out of nowhere, I just yell as loud as I can, Gibbous! <laughs> I have no idea why. He just mentioned it. I thought it was a funny word, I guess, and just yelled it. And everyone just stopped and stared at me. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> Where did that come from? Anyways, this game is called Gibbous. And it is a uh, Steam only game, I believe. But it is. Heavily inspired by two things I love. One is the LucasArts yeah. uh, point-and-click adventures. Mm-hmm. Even has the same visual look and everything. Uh, kind of like the later ones, uh, you know, kind of cleaned up. Um, Day of the Tentacle or Full Throttle or whatever. But it's a Cthulhu um, mystery style. Oh, wow. So I am... I know you like that. I will be buying this game. So is this out on Steam? It is a... It's coming out on Steam. It should be... In fact, I went on the site to look and it said release date. It just said very, very soon. Okay. So, any day now. Cool. I type a lot of news up. You did. You I love this stuff, news. though. I'll, I'll, these are quick. Contra Hardcore, somebody released a hack for that that allows you to reinstate hit points, which I guess the original Japanese version, I think, had hit points. But in America, in all the Contra games, you just die after one kill, and they're really difficult yeah, because of that. Yeah, that's the way I remember it. So, um, I, ha- I, I did not like Contra much because of that. Like, it was just too hard. And it's still, but that, it makes it so good because once you learn it and yeah. you actually can get past stuff, you just feel it's so satisfying. Sure. No, I, I get like that. A, you feel like a bad A. Yep. Um, Bubble Bobble is also getting a hack, which this one you should be excited about. This is the NES Bubble Bobble. So you can hack, it's going to come out with a hacked it's, ROM? It's 100 new levels. It's already out. Oh, wow. So you can play the Bubble Bobble you know and love except with 100 different levels. That's awesome. I, I have great memories of Bubble Bobble. Yeah. My, my, it's one of the few games my wife will play. Yep. And we played yep. through all 100 on the NES. Yeah. So it'd be, and that's my favorite one- version. I mean, I don't know if that's just a novelty or what do you call it? A nostalgia? Yeah. Or if that's legitimately a really good version. But I, I prefer that over the arcade or anything. Yeah, we played that and it was a blast. So yeah, a bunch of new levels would be welcome. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that kind of leads me to my next thing, which I didn't mention during catching up. I went ahead and broke down. Not only am I giving my money to Nintendo for their Switch now, I also picked up a SNES and NES Classic. Yeah. So I have been bitten by the bug, and I plan to get a Neo Geo Classic and a PlayStation Classic and a Commodore Classic. I'm going to call everything a Classic, even if they don't call it that. Right. I will be buying all these systems now. They're cute. They are. And I have you, you saw my row of them. Yep. I have them all except the Neo Geo, and I want to grab that. And what I, I think I'm going to do, I kind of like you, I'm leaving one classic up here yep. plugged in, and I'm cleaning off a shell 
shelf here and I'm going to have all my other ones list on one shelf and I just kind of swip, you know. Because the cool thing the is they take core, the same the power. Same power. Yep, yep, exactly. HDMI and that and and or so you you may not hack yours though, right? So you asked me immediately you're like, "So are you going to hack them?" And I, my answer was, "No, I'm going to leave them the same." Right. My NES Classic l- didn't even own it a day and I hacked it. <laughs> um I don't think I'll do the Super NES because the games on there are, are terrific. They're terrific, but I mean, like when to do our Sparkster segment, like it was nice to be able to just throw Sparkster on there and use it there, and I could just do it downstairs. Yeah, I gotcha. But I, I have my Super Nintendo right here with yep. my my faux EverDrive, and that worked well for that for me. And cool. I could do that for the NES too. But for whatever reason, the NES those games that are on there aren't the quality that the SNES selection is. Gotcha. I mean, those games are hours and hours. I could play almost every single one of those games all the way through and love it. On the NES, there's only like a handful of games, and those ones I've already beat so many times I don't need to play them again. Yeah. So for me to actually use that, I had to hack it. Hmm. But so it did, hacked very easily. It, it's. I was amazed how easy the hack was. In fact, my buddy's change. had one of those since the first release. So yeah. He's had it for two years, and I told him I'd hack it for him, and he gave it to me in a heartbeat. I'm like, send me a list of games, and he sent me a, a questionable list of NES games. And you're like, nope, you're not getting this. No, this fu- one sucks. It, no, it, it's funny because I'm like, all right, I know these are all nostalgia, so I'm throwing them on there for you. And he told me that he spent three hours. He told himself he's giving himself like a half an hour to play with him after dinner. And he was up until like midnight and he's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Playing all these uh, nostalgia Ro- bombs. The rose-colored glasses. Yeah, there's a few that he, he played a few minutes. He's like, yeah, this is... Like Cobra Triangle? That's neat, but no. No, is it tennis? <laughs> or is it Cobra Triangle? I think... Play, I think um, Rygar. Yeah, Rygar is... Yeah, that's a weird... That's, it's a bad game. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very good one. That segues, though, into one of my newest items, so yep. let me jump in there. Um, there is a person who kind of reverse engineers the code on his Switch, and he found that there is code in there that the Nintendo Online, you know how you have all those NES games right now? Yeah. There's Super Nintendo ones are coming soon. Oh, okay. And yeah. he found a list of games, and there's a ton of them on there. And if you go to the link we'll put in the show notes, you'll see he'll show you the... the That's for the online service, though, right? That, yeah. So if you have gotcha. the online service, the Super Nintendo games are coming. Yeah, so, I don't... I haven't done that yet, because I haven't seen really, for me, what the benefit is yet. But Yeah, I just, I, I, I just grabbed it. <laughs> I just grabbed it because... You said, Nintendo, take my money. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I did that because I wanted to... I I was hoping that somebody else that I knew on... Man, it, it is I'm weird. Here. You, I'm here now. Yeah, you add friends and there's nothing you can do with them on the Switch. I mean, it's weird. What are you so, talking about? There should be tons of stuff. So I have I have like 15 friends now on my Switch. I can't chat with them. I can't just go on... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I need more sounds. I'm loving them, but there's only four here. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I, I'm just disappointed in the online thing. They really need to have voice chat. They need oh, to yeah. have lobbies that work so that you can easily add players that you want to. I got gotcha. you. Okay. With I haven't tried yet, but I, I'll buy the service. And you and I need. To, I want to do some beat 'em ups, <clears throat> Capcom beat 'em ups yeah. together. Yeah, which uh, I still haven't bought that, but I haven't bought that because that would be fun. Yeah, I would love to do that. Um, but. It is nice to have those NES games there. With that said, I've only played it once. I played Balloon Fight and something else. They're nice to have there. So if I get bored one day, I can just jump on there and do that. I'm going to be going on vacation soon. It's going to be nice to go in there and play those old Nintendo games. But 
I mean, you're right. There's just not much to do in there right now. Hmm. I mean, you only need 12 different ways to play Nintendo games, right? Yeah, I've, and I've got like 14. Yeah. So. But I love my classics, so whatever. Um, Soldier Boy, you heard about this whole thing. Everyone's talking about this and making yeah. a big deal about it. All right. Well, I th- when I first heard, first heard it, I put it on here because it's so ridiculous. It has to be brought up. But real quick, in case everyone hasn't heard, this rapper Soldier Boy who really had a hit in like 2007, hasn't had anything since, decided to put his name on some import systems and call them his. And right. they already got shut down. Nintendo went after him. And then he already picked back up and put his name on some other new system now. Right. Anyways, ridiculous. I, 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 I do, it, yeah. It, it, a lot of people do this and they just try to stay under the radar, but try to sell things to make money. And I get that. He just came out. He was trying to make the big deal out of the He was just trying to, he was just like blatantly flaunting this, like almost like he wanted to get caught. Yeah. And sure enough, Nintendo slapped the. To his credit, any any news is good news, right? Or any press is good press. Until you get. I haven't heard of Soldier Boy in how many years? And now I've heard about him a lot. Until you get smacked by Nintendo. I mean, they could make that really bad for him. Mm hmm. Which, whatever. For what it's worth, I don't think he ever actually shipped a system. Oh, no. I've, I've heard of people. They did actually pick some up? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. It, but they are... So what I've read is that they are systems that are sold by these knockoff companies in China. And they are just systems that are sold with 300 ROMs or yeah. 400 ROMs. Well, they're on Amazon, apparently. Yeah, exactly. And you can get them anywhere. And he didn't even put his label on it. He didn't put a sticker on there that says Soldier Boy. He didn't put a logo on it. Hold on. You, you said that wrong. It's not Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. And he he didn't do any of that. He just said... Do you remember the name of his one hit? I don't. I, I, I don't. I'll I, give you one guess what Soldier Boy's number one hit is. What is it? Soldier Boy. Is it? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh well, I think it's time that we uh, talk six good games. Six good games. Commodore 64. Modern games edition. Yep, the modern games. However, we define modern games. We don't need to define that. But recently made. Post yeah. two, post 2000. How about that? Sure. Ish. Not made in its in its heyday. Gotcha. Games not made in its heyday. I'm going to start because sure. I want... Nah, I don't know why I'm going to start. I'm going to start because I Go darn ahead. well feel like it. Go ahead. Well, let's alternate. My Fine. favorite game... Or not, this isn't even a top game, but this is my favorite Commodore game of all time, period, ever. The first one you actually introduced me to when I first met you, when I didn't even know what a Commodore was. Yeah. Guns and Ghosts. Guns and Ghosts. It's so good. And I was, If you hadn't taken this one, I was going to take it because really? it is a beauty. It is my number one Commodore game. Um came out like six years ago now yeah it's been a little while and it's just it's actually got a really cool vibe to it it's kind of like a ghostbusters but more serious these guys are kind of like men in black slash ghostbusters yep um and you have a choice of of two people you can be a guy with a shotgun which is my preference or there's a guy with like this uh holding ray this thing. little lightning thing yeah it's been I, I honestly haven't picked that game up in probably a year oh it's so good but i love it i need to get back to it because i love that game and i i actually got really far in it Oh, I beat it. Oh, you did? Oh, I beat it. I don't it. know if I beat it, but I got I played it far. one night and got to like level 72. I'll wow. Say, I'll say screen 72. Yeah. And then the next night I went straight through 100 and beat it. 
That's pretty amazing. It's so good. It, um, it's a be- it, I love that game and it it uh Although but, sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to cut you off. I think the shotgun is the advantage. I think if you played with a shotgun you'd actually get there. I think that's all I pl- would play it with. You always play you always told me it was the laser. You played the laser. Did I? It's been a long Thought time. So. I'll check it out. So you think the shotgun's better to play with? I do. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit that game. In fact, I need to put it, slap it on the mini to see if it plays there pretty well. So the thing I like, lo- so anyways, the music first of all comes. There'll be music, and then after a minute of music, it'll stop and be sound effects only because Commodore doesn't have two channels to do that with. Right. So, but I love it when, in fact, sometimes it's worth just you can select sound effects only. Yeah. But when you're the shotgun guy, especially. You pull out a shotgun and you shoot. The whole screen flashes and you hear this big bang and you just you get this sense of power when that happens. And you don't see a shot happen. You just hear it and you see the flash. That's right. And basically anything, even though it's a shotgun, which really should be called the rifle, anything in that path all the way across the entire screen will get hit. Mm. Um, and But they're basically one screen games where these zombies are popping up out of the ground, ghost zombie things are popping up out of the ground. You shoot them, they kind of half die. And then they get back up a few seconds later, you shoot them again, they're dead. Yeah. And, um, but there's some platforms around. There's these, uh, there's flying ghosts that you, that you shoot as well. And it's really as simple as you jumping around for nine levels. There's some kind of power up trying too, to right? kill, kill everything. Oh, the power ups are so cool. You shoot, you have a, you have, for example, I think you start with three bullets so you can go bang, 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 but then you have to you stop have to reload. and not move while you reload. And if you start moving, then you don't stop reloading. Yeah. So you kind of got to stop and find a spot where you can stop and put bolt, bolts back in your gun. But you can also pick up enemies will drop things like the ability to have four bullets now, or eventually you get all the way up to like 10 bullets. Yep. And then they also have, um, I and, think, the, and then with, with the other guy, it was the length of the laser, right? Oh, okay. I see. Again, I never even played it. Okay. Um, I forget some of the, there's one that's like a screen cl- uh, clear. There's another one that, um, allows you to re, uh, fill your ammo quicker but you have to keep adding stuff but every 10 levels there's a boss and it's just so good now i will say this is one of those games where because of the commodore controller the here the one button one button control up is jump so if you can find a controller like the one i made or use one of the uh adapters for a nintendo pad yeah the bx there you go perfect segue to your next item you just pulled out of your bag i'd don't even know who Benj Edwards is, except uh, that you should get to know Benj Edwards. I see his face all the time in these controllers all the time. And he's now... a he's a historian. He's a video game historian, journalist. Okay. And publishes. I know what his signature looks like now. Yep. You can sign some checks. Hand from him. built by Benj Edwards. BX eighty two C sixty four zero number one. How official. So, so you know he. I don't know if you've seen his Twitter feed or his website. But he's Ooh, starting. Feel good, though. He's starting a little company called BX Foundry, where he builds custom joysticks for all the platforms: Genesis, Super Nintendo. He even has one for the Virtual Boy. Um, he builds all these different ones, and so I wanted one specifically for the Commodore sixty four and the Amiga. But I wanted, like the joystick you built, I wanted the second button to be jump. Yeah. So that's what I did, and he. He did it, and he came out with a whole model based on what I wanted, and it's the BX82. Now, the only thing I'd advise him to add to this is, like mine, if you had a switch where For... down could be button to jump, up could be up is up. So, for example, my next game, you wouldn't be able to use this to play. 
Your next game, which one is that? You oh, see it there. So, yeah. So I mean, it's a normal joystick. The first button is fire, and you can just ignore the second button. Oh, so up is always up, but jump is also always up. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. Is that different than the joystick you have? Yeah. But that's that. Yeah, that that, that does both for you. That's awesome. Yeah. So this is like up is always up. Everything works. So normally. mine literally. You have I have a wire going to the joystick up, and I have a wire going to this button, and the selector picks which which path it's going to go. Oh yeah. So you can't accidentally jump by holding up in a game where you have want to jump. Okay, this one, it, this this is just a normal joystick. Yep. Okay. And then this also does up. This also does up. Gotcha. So okay. cool. Yeah. So Benj. So one thing about Benj, he has a podcast called Culture of Tech. Oh. Okay. And uh, he, he interviewed it, interviewed it. I like that word. Interviewed it. I'm going to use that word. Yeah. Um, he interviewed Steve. Uh, <laughs> see, now I need to be able to do that for when you say something dumb. <laughs> well, then you get your own soundboard. <laughs> we're, we're just going to have all this podcast is going to be is us doing sound effects <laughs> at each other. Um, the but sound foundry. He had a really Eric great episode with uh, Steve Wozniak. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where he discussed which I found, I thought this was amazing. It was really interesting. Most people, I've heard a, you know, I've heard probably 10 interviews with Steve Wozniak and they're all the same. How was it with Apple? How yeah. was it? I don't care about that. I've heard it so yeah. many times. He, so Ben interviewed him about televisions because Steve Wozniak got his start in electronics fixing televisions. Okay. So they talked a ton about that. They talked about a lot of other stuff. But it started with televisions and fixing televisions and and tinkering with electronics, so he takes he takes things from a much different perspective than most interviewers do. But he is a historian. He has a website where he talks about video game history. He's often on the Retronauts podcast where he talks about video games. Oh, okay. um, in fact, he's on a lot of episodes of that. Probably you know two or three out of five. Oh really? He's on that. I didn't realize that. Um, he, he's a he, he's a really good dude. You should follow him anyway. But he's making all these joysticks. But he makes them for everything. Yeah, I've noticed that. He's got one for the for the Nintendo Switch. He's got them for the Genesis. He's got a Turbo Graphics one that has six buttons, like the fight stick. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Ben Jedwards, look him up on Twitter. But anyway, this is the stick, the custom one I had made. That actually feels really solid. I'm pretty impressed by the build quality of that thing. I'm going to talk to him and see if I can make this the Eric Nelson model. The Duh Project. The Duh Stick. Ooh. But anyway, it's serial serial number one. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I still think I I would throw a switch in there. That would be my modification if I were to order one. Because I always accidentally press up. So especially in a game like backtrack guns and ghosts yeah where if you just hold up every time you hit a platform you just jump up again and yeah next thing you know you've jumped up three platforms on accident so it's nice to be able to just have the button but cool that's my first pick guns and ghosts my favorite pick best right on. c64 game of all time okay cody hoffman approved serial number one okay my first one is aviator rk2 hey that just came out that just came out and, and so it is solid i i've only gotten like a week to play it so I, I haven't gotten far yet, but what I have done is I've beaten the first level, gotten the first boss. Which isn't, isn't as easy as it sounds. No, and one cool thing I really like about this, which sounds simple, but it's a... It's a so for people who haven't heard of this, it is... And I bought this, five bucks, yep. I think it was. I think it's five bucks on itch.io. Um, it, it's a shmup, but 
one thing that's very unique about it is the bad guys shoot sideways too, which is yeah. it's kind of weird. Like people for you a know, Commodore shmup, it's for a Commodore it's shmup, it's very odd for the bad guys to shoot sideways or behind them, and they do that in this game. Um, the 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 levels are very unique. There's ground targets as well as aerial targets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a very great shmup. Really good soundtrack. So pick it up. I agree. It's did you played it right? You bought yeah, it. Yeah, I bought it. And I've okay, been, I've played it. I really only gave it one solid day, but I probably played it for an hour and a half. And I've probably given it really two solid days. Yeah, you know. But it's uh again, I, we talked about this in the past. Commodore sixty four. The, the sh- shmups don't really do it for me. This one does. This one's like a solid NES quality, like a good NES quality shmup. And you know, most shmups are written in shmup construction set. Yeah, we were talk. We talked about that last episode. Which yeah. some people have done amazing things in that. Some people have done not so amazing things and they kind of all blend. This doesn't seem like it is at all. This one does not seem like it's made in in that. And if it is, then kudos for them for doing custom, you know, programming, which you can do in Shmup Construction Set. Um, Yeah, no, I'd I'd say this is better than most NES Shmups. Yep. It's actually got more going on than any, or not any, but most NES Shmups. It's a tough one too. Yeah. There's some one, there's a, a couple I should have put in the Shmup episode, but we'll, we'll talk about them eventually on the show. So what's your next one? My next one is honestly my second favorite game of all time on yeah. the Commodore, which is Trance Sector. Speaking of the music. Yeah. Oh, wait, we got to get our. This game is. You're ba- it's a it's not a puzzle game it's an action game but it's an abstract action game you basically yeah long story short you have a grid how do you how do you describe this you have a grid on on the uh on the screen and you and freely little, move in the grid you can move well you say freely you can move orthogonally up right. down left and right correct and your your arrow you're a little arrow you're constantly moving so if you turn, press down, now you're moving constantly down, kind of like Pac-Man. You're constantly going that direction. And but there's no walls. It's just well, there's some eventually. But and there's these little, um, basically on the grid, there's a bunch of I think they're red dots all over the place. And you're basically just trying to collect all those dots. You have to collect them all to clear the level. To clear the level. Yep. And however, there are on the side. Um, I don't recall if they're balls. I don't recall what they are on the side at this point. But basically. On all four th- sides, going back and forth on the screen, um, your enemies are looking for you. And as you cross, cross their the path, plane, yep. their plane, they shoot at you. They shoot at you. And then, meanwhile, bouncing around on the level is our power-ups. There's a power-up. Usually, I think it's just one. Yeah. And it's, it's constantly yep. changing between, uh, I think there's like a 500-point value, a 1,000-point value, and then E-X-T-R-O-R-A. It's constantly rotating. Yep. So if you collect that, you get a letter. If you get... E-X-T-R-A and spell the whole thing, you get an extra life. Um, but I think there's supposed to be like something like 50 levels or something to this game, but I can't, I can't get past like 12. But I play those 12 over and over and over again and try to get farther, and I, I love it. It's I, so solid. I got a so look. Good. I got pretty far in that game because I love it too. I yeah. it, it, From my memory, it was one of the first games I bought like on the Commodore yeah. 64. Like it was... Uh, I was willing to plunk down the money and it was, it's a fan. It's, it's, it's a great game. I love that. And game. I don't hear about it much anymore, but it's, the guy who made it. that game, it. he made a, a few games, a bunch of games. And then I haven't heard from him lately. So mm. I hope everything is cool with him, but 
In fact, my version, I think it was called Trans Sector Ultimate. Or there was a few versions, yep. but yep. a few versions. And I actually have the version I bought was Ultimate, and then I actually went back and found some older versions and downloaded those since I already owned Ultimate. Yeah. Um, but the soundtrack is pretty cool. Very yeah, dance. Very solid. dance. I mean, music. it's one song, but it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's just solid. It has cool. It has cool um, sound effects, too. Like, I remember when you die, it goes. You know, it's like, yeah. the, like this reverberation sound. It's. It's pretty. It's, uh, it's solid. So my my next one is called Fairy Well, and I have to admit I haven't played this in a while, so my memory is going to be a bit fuzzy. But I did love this game. So, and the the very interesting thing about this game is it is a fully fleshed game, but it, it fits in 16K, I think. Oh wow! So it, it I think it was in like a 16K competition or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you are a little fairy. You float around on the screen. You're trying to find keys. And then if I remember right, you carry the key. You have to carry the keys somewhere. Meanwhile, there's enemies on the screen. And if you touch them, you drop your key and you die. Um, But it in a kind of Metroidvania way, it (laughs) there's a map. So you basically can see a map on the screen as you fill in the levels. The starting point and the and the exit, which you have to collect all the keys to get to the exit. They're always like in one corner and then the exit's in the other corner. Okay. So you know where you're generally supposed to go, but the whole world is kind of a maze. So it just fills in the map for you as you go. Um, gotcha. But there are like power-ups that you can get. There are, you pick a fairy in the beginning and the, each fairy does different things. One can fly more because you have a meter. So you're flying and the meter goes down and when the meter runs out, you drop. Gotcha. Um, so... But there's one fairy who can stay afloat a lot longer or maybe infinitely. I don't remember. It's been a while since I played it. Um, and then there's one one that is tougher. It doesn't take as much damage, but does can't fly for very long. Mm. So basically, in the beginning, you get to pick the style of play you want based on the fairy you pick. Gotcha. Great. I, I've always been a middle ground guy. Yeah, me too. That's what I started out but with that one. It's kind of boring, I know, but... Eh. So anyway, it's worth checking out. It's a it's a blast. It's a fun game. So that, that's a free one, right? I think it's free now. 16K competition. Yep. Usually those that are should be free. free. Yeah, I think it is. Okay, cool. So what's your last one? My last one, I have four written down here, but one of them I'm going to cross out uh, because okay. we'll talk about that another time. Actually, we probably should have already talked about it. I you know what? what? I'm just going to go ahead and... No, I'm not going to pick that one. I know which one I'd cross out. Well, I was going to say Galencia. You gonna cross it out, the really? Reason, no. Well, the reason is because, and this is a news item, really. We should have mentioned this already. The C sixty four Mini, yeah, uh, had an update, and this game comes with it now, which is awesome. So Galencia you guys should go play this game, game, and everyone should have a. Well, eventually, I don't have one yet, but a C sixty four Mini, and you get Galencia now when you update it, and it's a great Galaga. It's better than Galaga. It's better than Galaga. I, I was fortunate enough to beta test the NTSC version. Yeah, I, I bought this game too. I paid and I, I bought I bought it too. Loved it. I paid five bucks for it, but if I get the mini, I'm going to put that on it too. So Yep. Great game. But I'm going to stick with, uh, I mean, I love all these games. I'm going to pick Jogun actually. Okay, cool. Uh, Which, I actually uh, paid three bucks for this. I haven't spent any time with it. Okay, I, pay, I paid three bucks for this and now it's free on HIO. Okay. Um, but whenever you go on HIO and you pick a free game, they say, hey, do you want to donate money to the developer? Yeah. Um, and usually what I do is is say no, play the game, and then decide if I want to donate money to the developer because 
some of those games were, right. weren't worth the zero I paid for them. They wasted my life. Right. Um, I mean, everyone make make games, put an effort in. That's fine. I'm not honestly upset yeah. about you wasting my life. But uh, this game was worth three bucks, nonetheless free. Yeah. Um, and if you like any of those kind of old school, I loved like Montezuma's Revenge or um, uh, Pitfall 2. I'll say Pitfall 2. It's kind of got that, um, not pixel perfect, but kind of that art, that platformery collect-a-thon where you go to different screens and you have to collect something here, then you have to go back. It's, I guess that's almost a Metroidvania in a, in, a, in a point, but in a way. It's roguelike, kind of. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> not. It is not. Um, um, it's kind of like, did you ever play Rick Dangerous? It would be like that, except without the insane hair pull-out difficulty. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's definitely a game that you, you're going to, start you get three lives and you're going to die probably in the first three screens and right. then you're going to be able to get five screens in and then you're going to be able to start to figure out where you're supposed to go and start getting more and more efficient as you get further and further right um cool yeah i have to go get it and it's, you know it's definitely an indiana jones you know rip off yeah theme wise but which most a lot of games are yeah well in fact they they came out with uh, one for this year for the 2018 competition what was it called it was called uh Aztec something? Oh, I forget. There's another uh, commercial release for, I think, five bucks. That was a, another hmm. Indiana Jones archaeologist goes into a pyramid type of thing. Yeah. So, I hate snakes. <laughs> I hate snakes. <laughs> Your uh, last one. My last one is Paper Plane. Paper Plane. That's not like Glider. It's not like Macintosh Glider. Macintosh Plus, is it? It is not like Glider. So, this is made by my friend, Roysterini, on Twitter. But, oh, okay, cool. But besides him being my friend, this is, you know, like 64 Anibolt? Yes. Like where it's a one-button game? Yep. Like you don't need the joystick? Yep. Paper Plane is like that. So it's one of those pick-up-and-play games. It's a lot... There's an, I guess, iOS and Android version kind of of this game where a Paper Plane starts at the top, and when you hit the button, it turns and goes the other way. Oh, I did play this. Plus yeah. button goes the other way, and it's just like a... As you're going down, you you just see how far you can get. I did play. I actually played. Uh, I got pretty far, in my opinion. So this game is so, I guess, beloved. His version of this on the 64. That uh, there's a podcast called Amiga Ireland, which I really like. Have you okay. have you heard that? No, I haven't. Um, it's all about Amiga stuff. Um, uh, but they have a Amiga Ireland meetup where they'll have a bunch of people show up at these meetups. And they have a little trophy for just this game on the Commodore 64 where they have one set up. People can come up and by the end of the night, whoever has the highest score gets a little trophy. And That's it's a cool. paper plane, but it's like a 3D printed paper that's plane cool. or something like that. Um, it's one of those games that's simple, but it would be actually a really great high score challenge. And that's what we're going to do this week, you guys, this <laughs> awesome. month. Yeah. Done. All right, let's do that. Agreed. So, I agree with that. That would be a lot of fun. That is the end of our six good game segment. So we might as well announce that this uh, month, we'll put it out there on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to throw it on you this time. Eric's going to get his best paper plane score Yep. for the Commodore 64. He's going to post it on Twitter and invite all y'all to post your scores with a picture. Yep. And there's no settings, right? It's just start and go. It's just start and go. Paper plane on the Commodore 64. You can play it in an emulator. Play it on the real thing. Doesn't matter. Just don't cheat. Just don't cheat. Post your score, and we will um, in a month, I guess. A month. Uh, yeah. we, last time we picked the 10th. I think it's a good yeah. day. Yeah, so by February 10th, yep. we will pick winners and just announce them online. 
Top Midnight three. Pacific Coast time. Sure. Just to get technical. Why not? Because we are so technical about our rules <laughs> in our five-minute section on Flight of Pigarus. Right on. Right on. That's Eric's thing right there. Right on. Right on. I'm going to get a shirt of your face and just a, a bubble that says right on. Right on, right well, on. Well, that'll right be on. our first piece of merch. <laughs> Nobody wants my face on their on their clothing. Everybody me. wants your face, Eric. No, nobody. Well, all you retro gamers out there, that ends another episode of Pixel Guide In. Remember, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>